0: the friday five podcast all right guys welcome to the friday five podcast and episode four and i think it's the final episode of the game of thrones tribute michael do you think this is indeed the final episode
1: well i mean considering the source material you never know man we could yet again just drift off into a bunch of cliffhangers and leave the audience deeply unsatisfied (laughs) that's my personal aim here really do do you remember when i said i think we can knock this out in one three-hour episode yes i remember when you lied to yourself me and your audience (laughs) i do i also remember (laughs) seeing the notes and being like yeah no that's nine hours okay sure whatever you say Brent."
0: yeah perfect
1: yeah um well let's let's
0: get right back into it let's let's start and you know wrap up this tribute i think i think we've covered a lot of ground but Let's start off with um, just kind of the overall spectacle of the show. I mean, the some of the battles that they put on, and um, I mean, it it was kind of unseen up until I think these episodes aired. I mean, I I've never seen anything so spectacular for a TV show before.
1: Mm, it's interesting to me because I, I mean, you can even kind of go back to season two for this. Like season one, I think was kind of basically where the cutaway battle was born. You know, like you had the scene where. Tyrion's, you know, running into battle and he gets knocked out, you know, by the hammer and wakes up in the little bit of the gladiator tribute. But season two is like the first one, you know, with the Battle of the Blackwater, where you actually had, you know, okay, this is a proper battle. This looks like something out of a big budget film and it's oh, on yeah. television. Yeah, it was unheard of at that point. And that's kind of where it starts and, you know, throughout the years, um... I'm trying to think if there were any between that the battle of the bastards because it seemed to me like when they did do a battle they always basically taught yeah actually there was okay there was the uh, I think it was the episode the watchers on the wall the where the wildlings you know try to take the wall yes yeah oh, well that's
0: now that's that's the one where um that's the one where Yigret dies Yigret dies yeah. Yeah, your other unhealthy now,
1: ginger crush.
0: Can't anyway, um, I, was, I wasn't a big fan of hers actually. How dare you! I know it doesn't make any sense. Now, um, Hardhome—that was—that was after the Battle of the Bastards, right? Or was that before? I can't recall.
1: Hardhome was definitely after. After. And okay. Not only not only that, Hardhome was like completely unexpected. Like, yeah, they built towards the Battle of the Bastards. They obviously built towards you know everything happened in the last season. Hardhome was one of those kind of completely out of nowhere oh yeah they're going to negotiate with the wildlings this ought to go for holy mother of god <laughs> and it was great yeah i mean yeah, it, was it was like epic in it was up there with like storming the beach of normandy <laughs> and friggin saving private ryan you know except well, mainly with zombies and, ice and that's
0: also the first time i think i don't want to i'm not sure but that's the first time you actually see the night king raising
1: the dead right Uh, Yeah, the original Night King, who, if I'm not mistaken, will be at Geek Con this year. Um, Yeah, there's been a couple, haven't there? Yeah, him and the guy who played him most recently, who, if I'm not mistaken, was like the sword master on the show. And at some point they just decided to dress up as stuntman rather than pay an actor. I don't know. But, um, and I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, obviously, you know, the others or i'm sorry the white walkers as the show calls them had a means to do it we got that they've been doing it for seasons but that's the first time like you said we actually kind of just see a demonstration and it's almost just kind of like a you know just kind of a demonstration of his power you know almost kind of if you want to kind of think back to like conan the barbarian when Balsa doom turns around and like points at the girl on the cliffs and is like come to me and she just jumps to her death and he just kind of turns around and is like that strength that's power so like it was almost like that level of, you know, just this is what you're up against. Now, what do you think of that?
0: <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I'd, I would argue that the Battle of the Bastards was the very first proper epic battle that they had. I mean, you know, the um, Battle well, on the Wall was, you yeah. know, a lot of them were more like skirmishes in a way. But Battle of the Bastards was like a true two armies clashing. And I don't know, just I always think back to that one shot, that behind... Um, that camera shot of yeah, John Gibson basically army. just
1: kind of pulls the sword and is like, all right, well, <laughs> if I'm going out, I'm going out in style. You know, that yeah. was
0: arguably one of the best shots in the entire series. That was yeah. so awesome.
1: Oh, well, and that was also one of the ones where it's like they went like full-blown like Akira Kurosawa or even like Mel Gibson and Braveheart level, which yeah. to be fair, half of his battles were basically homages to Kurosawa anyway. But, you know, where you act, like you said, you got like a proper battle. Like, here's a Calvary versus another or i'm sorry yeah here's a cavalry versus another cavalry you know like horses all the works as opposed to you know like you said and i don't know if skirmish is the right word but you know what i mean it's like mostly just person on person or yeah yeah. on zombie as it were in the one but you know that's one where you, you know you can tell like okay most of the budget for that season definitely went to that
0: the battle of the wall are um well, remind me of that one. Was was that a proper setup for a battle, or was that more of a surprise attack? I don't remember that one as well.
1: It's pretty properly set up. Uh, it yeah. was after, okay, John. I'm gonna put quotes around this because he did it at the behest of uh, Corin Halfhand. But it's when John um, had uh, joined the Wildlings and basically did so with the intent to, you know, basically I guess be an inside man, yeah, you know, a mole, something like that. Figured out what they were doing, and you know, over the course of it, you know, meets Egret, falls in love with Egret, etc. He has a thing for redheads. Reminds me of some of the <laughs> jackass I know. Anyway, um, but uh, I don't so, know why he didn't go
0: for Melisandre. But you
1: know, yeah, she made an attempt. Didn't quite that's, work out, but that's right. yeah, that scene was creepy. Anyway, sorry. Um, <clears throat> moving right look, along. Look, she's a little creepy. Okay, we have to look past that. Two thousand year old. Never mind. Anyway. <laughs> Freaking Pennywise from it. Um, uh, oh, no. Practically the same thing, and you know it. Anyway, <laughs> but to my point, which has gone completely out the window and out of my head, something, something, blah, 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 John defects. He's coming back, and at that point, then largely because of, you know, falling in love with Egret, you know, as with, you know, as it turns out, you know, a little bit of foreshadowing and a little bit of, you know, just his character in general, John has to make a hard choice yet again. You know, do I actually want to protect the realm and, you know, honor my vows or do I want to stick with the wildlings here? And, you know, you could tell he was reluctant about it, but, you know, he winds up taking off. She fires a couple arrows into his back and that kind of sets the stage where like at that point, you know, they're basically I guess, you know, doing recon on the other side of the wall, you know, kind of trying to find the weak spots and whatnot. And that's the that kind of lays the groundwork for it. Another one we can't really skip on. And I actually am calling an audible on this cause I didn't have this in the notes and I don't know how it escaped my memory because one of the bigger moments of the show, particularly the last season, not of the last season, but of the season prior to this one, season seven, that was, uh, when the Lannisters are yet again with the cutaway battle, they had, you know, destroyed the, uh, Terrell family and everything marching all the spoils and whatnot back into King's Landing in the episode appropriately titled, The Spoils of War, when suddenly they hear hoofbeats. (laughs) And then suddenly they see Dothraki. Yeah. And then suddenly they see a dragon. This is more of a massacre, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. It was and again, kinda, you know, you want to talk Danny Kerb stomping the Lannisters, you know, eh, kind of an early example of that because it's like, here we come. Oh, by the way, I just brought one. And this is yeah. what she had three, you know. Yeah, and yeah. there was just the best they got was Bron, you know, with his amazing ability to not die. Uh, got over and I think fired off the one shot, uh, which actually there's another little bit of foreshadowing, you know, fired off the scorpion bolt and hit Drogan. But, but you know, yeah, for all points of purposes, you know, she came, she she saw, she destroyed. And there was no stopping them. and Some so, of the best shots in the show, too. I mean, yeah, that wide-angle uh, shot of the uh, the dragon
0: basically carpet bombing like,
1: like half the army. Just flying over and just, yeah, just blasting. So, so awesome. Another one of the more iconic shots just in the history of the show. Mm. And, uh, I mean, also just <clears throat> you got to see just, and I mean, you're told for several years how badass the Dothraki are, but you don't really get to. Um, you you get to see it two degrees, but you don't really get to see it like in full. Like, going oh up, no, this is what happens when they're up against somebody. This is and go, what you're actually and going up
0: against a proper army too.
1: Yeah, I mean, and a, yeah. and, a and a good you know a well armed, very strong army, and they just obliterated them. And yeah, sure, they might have had a little help from big ass flying fire breathing lizard, but even without. <laughs> You know, there there was nothing. There was no touching it. Like they were they were just completely obliterated as far as like you know <clears throat> combat went. And I mean, granted it was a surprise attack, but still, you know, I, didn't seem like they had anything like any reaction for it. They were just well. Lost. This is you know also the kind of iconic
0: scene for me at least. In <clears throat> you saw Jamie try to actually rush Danny and the dragon. Now Tyrion was watching this, right?
1: Uh, from somewhere, yes. Because All I remember he's sitting there kinda like mumbling under his breath, something to the effect of like, You stupid bastard, don't yeah. do it, don't do you know, something. And then <laughs> with the la you know, cut, you know, there's the nice little cut to, you know, Danny sees him coming with the spear, moves up a little. There's Drogan getting ready to destroy him, which I gotta say, man, uh I remember the time watching this. I thought that was... all right. that's how Jamie's going out. Like, this (laughs) is it. And And then just out of nowhere, Bron (laughs) tackles him off into a a lake or pond or something. Yeah. And if I recall, that's basically the end of that episode. I was about to say, it ends with him basically (laughs) going down into the water, doesn't it? Yeah, which I remember there being a lot of speculation at some point, and... I feel like this might come off later in the episode. Lots of just angry ranting from people on the internet, on the Twitter, as they call it, the kids these days, and uh, Reddit, <laughs> about uh, you know, oh, oh, that's really stupid. They're just gonna like not even kill them off, and they just have them like drown, like with no bubble. And it's just like, how have you idiots been watching this show this Watch long, and you still don't know episode. how this works? Yeah, one, you've got more episodes coming, and two, nah, if they're gonna kill Jamie. They'll kill Jamie you're going to yeah. about it. Yeah. Example, building falling on him. Little things like that. <laughs> but <clears throat> so that said, great um, episode. A great yeah, a great a, absolutely. What, a, a great massacre. <laughs> hmm, speaking of great massacres, uh, uh, yeah, actually yeah, that's yeah. a that's, that's a hell of a segue cuz there was uh, episode the Long Night with the easily, Battle of Ice and Fire. Easily the most hyped
0: battle in the show. I mean, this is the one. This is the battle that we kept hearing about how it took, what, like 40-some-odd days to film, and um, it was
1: definitely going to be the biggest battle in the show's history. I mean, it might have even been, like, like might have been more the like 50s or, like... So, yeah. yeah, I just remember that's one of the ones that... <clears throat> not to get too early with criticism here, but that's one of the ones that, like, if... Somebody interviewing, you know, one of the cast members really wanted to piss them off and say, you know, what do you think of the controversy? That was one of the ones they always said. It's like, yeah, do you know how long it took us to shoot that? Let me tell you how long. (laughs) They can all go to hell. You know, like that was a common response.
0: They don't think about the work that went into that. Yeah.
1: No, and I mean, nobody really does. That's But that's sort of the nature of, you know, everyone now has a stage and a microphone. Example, us here right now. But anyway. <clears throat> I well, let, let me just get ice my, and fire. Sorry. So my really quick bullet points on what I loved about the episode without
0: actually drawing it out. I loved it. I loved everything about it. I mean, the only thing about it that the only thing about it that I guess I can nitpick on and then I'll get back to what I loved about it is it did have a lot of really quick camera cut shots, which has always kind of bugged me. But I, I see the reason for it. Um, the episode I mean, you being consider, like how many characters you're
1: following around during that one—that's another. Yeah, kinda... it
0: it, it kind of brought you into the the cluster that it was. I mean, being mm-hmm. in that being in that battle. Um, yeah. the episode being too dark—that was a big one that everyone started talking about. I noticed it, but it never bothered me. I never thought about it to where this episode's being ruined by it, it being too dark. I, not, I I never I never really got that.
1: Not to cut you off, I do have a comment on that though, and. Yep. Um, accidental plug here for, I guess, Sony Bravia 4K TVs because that's what I watched mine on. It probably makes and a difference. And it... I did not experience that problem. Like, granted, there are parts where it was dark and smoky and muddled or snowy or this, that, and the other, but it's like, yeah, that was how it was supposed to be. Like, it's supposed to, you know, you're, they're it's, throwing you in the thick of it, but it's like, I never had any trouble like, seeing anything. I... I didn't either. I saw, like... And again, I think some of that comes down to the criticism where it's like people don't even understand what is actually happening here. It's like it's visual storytelling. You are supposed to see it from the perspective of this character. What is this character seeing right now? Not a hell of a lot. There's snow <laughs> and smoke and God knows what. And ah, you know, that's what you but get. At. It's one of those things. It's like
0: it's at night. It's in the winter. Now, there there were a couple of shots where mm. specifically where Danny and John were overlooking the Dothraki charge yes. that the darkness was almost pixelated it was so dark but i think a lot of that was the feat from hbo a lot of people were experiencing because you have to remember millions of people were trying to watch this episode all at once
1: yeah it was a record breaker if i recall you could you could
0: tell at least on my end i'm sure everyone didn't experience this but i Mm -hmm. wasn't getting 1080p for at least the first 15 20 minutes of that episode
1: i'm trying to remember with me if i watched that one on i think i tried to watch it on television and um
0: i watched it through hbo go just
1: without to, uh, without too much detail regard. i split time between the Architects area and dfw and the television connection in the arclightex area at least in my town can be a little iffy at times and i remember getting pixelations like, all right hell with this and Switching off go going to HBO Go, if I recall. The TV I have up in the DFW area, uh, it's Panasonic 1080p, and uh, it's Plasma. And to be honest, I watched it there, you know, I re it a handful of times, and it looked even better on that TV than it did on the 4K. So, and again, now yeah. at this point it would have been, I was watching, I believe, on demand or something like that. Yeah, that still exists, strangely enough. And maybe that had something to do with it. I don't know, you know, didn't have God knows how many millions of people trying to watch it at that same time, like, just, like, on a random Tuesday. But, like I said, it looked even better there. So, it's like, you know, the TV that's kind of, like, known for its, you know, clarity and everything, it even looked better. So... Yeah. Well, kind of going back... I suspect mean, there's a lot that people might be blaming on what turns out to be technological issues, but... Connection. Yeah. Yeah, I'm i mean, just saying. Kind of going back,
0: I mean, my... I have, like, on average, 140, 150 megabits a second. So I, my internet speed was there, but I was watching it on HBO Go. And HBO Go, um, they'll put the episode up, like, m- within, like, sometimes seconds after it actually goes live on HBO. Mm-hmm. So I was doing the same thing that a lot of other people were doing. So, yeah, I wasn't getting the best experience as far as the quality. But it, it was dark. It never bothered me. I kind of saw it for what it was supposed to be yeah. in that disorienting it's, it's like winter it for the people in it and it's night so yeah right. um so many epic moments in the show I, I i can't really touch on all of them melisandre showing up lighting the dothraki
1: swords on fire she's beautiful she's the disney princess of westeros uh before we dive too deep into it something i do kind of want to address and uh, you know it's we had talked earlier on about unexpected deaths and everything and it's like i will say with this episode and this did turn out to be a little bit controversial. To some, but not really to me. Uh, I felt like in a lot of cases you've had unexpected life. Because, you know, the episode previous, you had all these people making all these plans again, you know. Oh, oh yeah, uh, this is what we're going to do after this, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, that's great. You're going to die. You're going to die. You're definitely going to die. Oh, you two, you're going to go off to an island somewhere and live it. Yeah, you're definitely going to die. Ironically, those two survived. But many of the others, you know, didn't but still large amount of i mean a, a fair amount of death but a fair amount of survivors that i don't think people expected having said that uh, that leads to one very big moment for me and not to cut you off but just at the beginning of the battle there and this was one of those very controversial moments for a lot of people i remember a lot of people were just outright pissed about what happened to the throcky and it's like if you've played, I don't know, RTS your whole life and fully believe yourself to be, you know, George S. Patton. And uh, <laughs> I remember YouTube videos specifically yeah.
0: like laying out what they would have done in the battle.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I'd love I'd love to, you know, pull up like Douglas MacArthur's zombie plan. just you know, Kind of <laughs> give that a look, see what he had to say about, about it. And how would he work the dragons in? Specific- oh, wait, that's right. It's all bullshit. Anyway. Yeah. Other than that, no strong opinion on the matter. But, um, <laughs> but I mean, for like, and I mean, that's the thing. And I dealt with this with, there were more, like, more than one conversation I had with friends, you know, let alone just seeing morons on the internet just kind of yammer on about this, set and the other. But actual friends who, you know, like, zeroed in on like the battle tactics and set and the other. And it's like, It's one of those cases where, first of all, it's like there's been a lot of questionable battle tactics throughout the show that nobody really ever paid attention to until this season. Like, suddenly now they're pissed about stuff that happened way back long ago. Yeah. And really the important thing is the storytelling, which is returning. Before you get a eh, returning back to the Field of Fire episode. Or not episode, but the episode where that happens. The Dothraki are shown. The Dothraki are the most destructive force they've seen at this point next to the dragons. And in one fell swoop, the army of the dead just. And that's, you know, the end of a significant amount of the Dothraki, just right there, just in that one initial charge. You know, they all Mm -hmm. go out with their lighted torches and then it just. Anyway, sorry. Other than that rant, continue. Well, it's one of those things I was going to say in that if everyone made logical
0: decisions, there wouldn't be a show. There wouldn't be a story or epic moments. I mean, you know, the Dothraki charging the Horde basically created such an amazing shot, which you saw, you know, Jon and Danny looking down on and the lights just going hmm. out, you know.
1: That well, was that actually so led awesome. to a further illogical decision, which was, you know, if I recall, the plan was let them do their thing blah 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 and then get the dragons properly involved and at that point danny calls an audible and hops on the dragon flies off and john in kind of a moment of uh all right well i guess this yeah. is what we're doing now jumps on his and goes too and you know so i mean like you said with logic and everything and that that's another one of the things that bothers me about a lot of criticisms like anytime somebody's sitting there looking at stories going well, you know, logically, blah, 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 blah. It's like, first of all, people in general, not that logical. If you actually kind of look at a lot of the stuff we do, and so there's nothing unrealistic about writing stories about people in the heat of certain kinds of moments, say being chased by a large hockey-wielding or hockey mask-wearing psychopath with a machete, you know, maybe forgetting their keys. Little things like that, you know, like logic doesn't play in. When you're in the middle of war You're in the middle of terror You know, not sure. everybody can keep a cool head Anyway, sorry, go ahead I was always fascinated that Jor survived <laughs> that charge I was just like, well,
0: that's sad He's dead <laughs> Well, but, he had uh,
1: to, so he could, you know, die later well,
0: once, once again, to create a bigger moment A more emotional moment later in the episode Yeah, Yeah.
1: but anyways And it goes I, back to, again, storytelling Versus, you know, what necessarily Quote-unquote makes sense Better storytelling as he gets a full arc. He dies defending his queen as he wanted to do. Anyway, sorry. Continue. It
0: created a great moment. Yeah. yeah. Um And of course, you know, we have to not not meaning to skip through too much of it, but we have to get to Arya. Arya uh
1: arguably well, you got a lot of great. You know, before even that, moment. you've got a lot. Uh, uh, before even that, though, you've got a lot of like great Arya moments throughout. You know, you have the sort of even kind of where they slow it down, you know, and you have her basically like creeping through, I'm just going to say the library because I don't know what other room would have a giant amount of bookshelves in it. Yep. But yeah, you know, and like avoiding, you know, whatnot after like, you know, playing Archer kind of up on the walls for a second. Um. So you have kind of the slow moments and then, you know, there's, as we mentioned her encounter with Melisandra, your beloved Melisandre again. And then cool. her epic moment, which we've brought up, I think, every single time. But, yeah, let's go and bring it up again. <clears throat> <laughs> well, I mean, arguably the biggest moment of this, the episode. I mean, just a little in the wisp of the hair and yes. flying Aria and, and the trick she pulled going back to season seven on Brienne earlier. Boom. You know what, no more Night Michael, do you know what my favorite part about that was,
0: though? No. No, that People don't. actually found a way to complain about it. Yeah. <laughs> How? Why? I I I don't I don't get it. I mean, I get it because you know what? People are going to complain about anything. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if George R. R. Martin knocked on their door after the episode and handed them the Winds of Winter. <laughs> Somebody would complain about it. Not
1: only that, but like with it highlighted. By the way, guess what I did? This right here. Yeah. Suck it. But yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm trying to think. Like. I can understand to some degree... You kind of have to look at it from the perspective of when some of them saw it. Okay, when you see it and you don't know what's coming next, I can sort of understand where you're maybe sitting there scratching your head going like, but but that was John's. That was supposed to be John's. Yeah. What yeah. the hell? Why didn't John get his big kill? And then further on, oh. Oh, that's what they were waiting for. Got yep. it. Murdered Danny. Tragic Shakespearean scene. Anyway, um... But yeah, uh, and I understand. I kind of understand how some people might have gone like, that, but it's like the people that just flat out hated it. I don't. I've never really understood. Um, well, it, and I, it's funny. You know, It is actually maybe truly the whole. No, no, no. They're neckbeards and they just hate women. Like, <laughs> well, not, it's, it's not, it's not the, it's that the same, that's a good answer. Just that maybe that is the answer. Anyway, it's sorry, the,
0: it's the same people that piss and moan about logic, yet they somehow wanted to bring logic into the fact that they wanted John to somehow make it
1: past Yeah all all of the uh basically like some sort of a zombie American ninja warrior <laughs> obstacle course with a friggin' dragon at the end. Oh yeah, no that would have made perfect sense. Yeah, let's do that.
0: <laughs> and meanwhile, although
1: sense. also it's a perfect culmination of what Arya was. What did Arya now, granted yeah. a lot of this was more for vengeance, but Aria spent all these years studying to become an assassin. And ultimately, where does that skill really, truly pay off? In the perfect way. She oh. sneaks by all these, you know, many obstacle-like threats, runs right in, and delivers the killing stroke to, you know, the source of all their troubles. Well, that's the thing. I'm so glad it did pay off because those episodes really drug on sometimes.
0: So, it was (laughs) nice to see that it was for a reason ultimately,
1: you know? So, what you're saying right here on air is that you hate Game of Thrones. Understood. (laughs) But, Yes, I thought two or three episodes drug on. I hate the whole series.
0: Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, do you have anything to add on to that episode? Because I think we are going long on this one episode, but... It was, a, uh, it was a huge episode. So
1: well, yeah, a couple things. Uh, you did get dragon on dragon combat, which was a nice touch because yes. that
0: like was something that initially
1: just going way back. in, you never necessarily thought you were going to get it anyway because you know all the dragons are on the same side. And then you know suddenly you have an undead one, and now we've got us a dragon fight. Yeah, which I enjoyed a lot of that. That's another one of those things that everybody's kind of complaining. About, oh, I couldn't see. Blah, blah. it's like yeah, well. I don't know. Get glasses and a good internet connection. <laughs> Jerks. But <laughs> yeah, like, you, these are the people watching on the Xbox 360. Yeah, at best. And yeah. yeah, so like there was a lot of that that I appreciated because, like I said, you finally got to see that. You know, it all went pretty well. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any key moments, but you know, I mean, and also some of the it kind of added to it because again kind of going back to like i said seeing it from the perspective you know you have like the moment where like danny and john smash into each other on the dragons like you know so again kind of the whole point here dark and disorienting but you're getting dragon combat you know you finally you get regal and viserion you know squaring off and off goes the night king and uh a few of your other little moments after that but i mean it was kind of the key thing i just i like the whole way that was shot um I'm sure there's been one or two movies out there where somebody rode dragons or something. I don't want to say the word Aragon. (laughs) Damn it. Um, I've never seen the movie, so I can't really comment on it. Me either, but I still don't want to say it. (laughs) I would largely suspect that there's not been a better version of that in any form of media, let alone like... This was TV. Yeah, let alone Uh, cinematic. Yeah, like probably not in movies, definitely not in TV
0: oh absolutely so um, another I thought that was kind of important is just good. I've got a couple more but go ahead no no, it's fine and this might be one you're about to mention but I think we definitely need to talk about um, Beric Dondarrion and in, in his overall I mean that's a massive death to me I mean and that it was kind of beautiful in a way in that that he had that's what he had kept coming back for he finally understood why he was still alive why he was still there um, his purpose was served and that, Eddie. well, I mean, I felt it was. I felt his purpose was to ultimately... Well, I know pur-
1: his, that part I know because Melisandre very distinctly points out, hey, his purpose is served. Look at that. I just... Yeah. Whether or not it was his intention to die there, I don't know necessarily, you know, but I mean, he did for all points and purposes jump on the grenade for Arya. So, yeah. you know, it happened. But again, as I mentioned, and we will be getting to this Actually, no, I think we've already gotten to this. Uh, yeah, you know, Beric's fate in the books is markedly different. So it'll be interesting to see if there's an equivalent of that, you know, when and if we ever get another book.
0: But yeah, I think that's a pretty, mm. you know, huge death. But I, I I, I didn't mean to cut you off earlier. I mean, continue on with what you were saying. I mean, to kind of wrap up this one episode and then, then we'll get to the next uh, soul crushing episode. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, Well, I mean, I guess it wasn't as big for me just because he was always a side character. It was obvious he was going to kick off somehow, and it's like, okay, yep, that was as good a moment as any. And, you know, again, aforementioned book death, slightly different. So it's like I never really invested that much in that character. Uh, I'm, I'm not knocking him. I'm just, you know, you know, again, reader perspective, viewer perspective, blah, blah, blah. Uh, But as far as the other key moments for me, um. Mm, Grey Worm diver- uh, deserves something of an MVP trophy. Just, I liked a lot of, that's another thing that a lot of people were all pissy about, but it's like, I liked it. I liked the, you know, Unsullied out there, you know, doing all they could to hold it off and, you know, keep it from happening and just, you know, doing as best as they could to basically, you know, keep the dead from the door, which ultimately they fail at, but they gave it a good honest shot. And it was just a very, you know, tense on the edge of your seat, particularly because I didn't think this guy was going to make it out. I've mm. seen. Um, I do love
0: some of the reasons that, that people criticize that, though. And one of the ones I remember reading was that, well, was Greyworm the only guy without a helmet on? It's obvious. They're just, I'm like, dude, it's a, yeah, it's so a you can show. see who the hell he is
1: it's a because he's the show. only, literally, the only <laughs> Godforsaken unsullied that yeah. we know the name of.
0: I love that criticism I'm like just just stop watching TV please
1: not only that but and this is the thing that drives me insane like okay the word plot armor first of all yeah you know what plot armor exists let me tell you who has plot armor people up until movie a couple years ago Luke friggin Skywalker yeah Han Solo pl- princess Leia pick any hero from freaking anything you know what you're gonna find they survive you know why because if they don't you're a friggin sorry other than that, no strong opinion on that. Well, I mean, again, and that's one particular thing that irritates the hell out of me, but just in general, like, the people that it's like, I don't know, they discovered TV tropes yesterday, and it's like, oh, I can recognize this as a storytelling device. Oh, it sucks now. And it's like, yeah, I, yeah, okay, we'll take them all out, and you don't have a story. Something happened to this guy once. Wait, no, it didn't. The end. Yay. <laughs> you know, all right. Um, Especially when it's
0: a TV series. I mean, the whole point is to spread it out through, you know, eight ten episodes so I, I don't get it but
1: yeah um i had my caffeine for the day in case anyone's wondering i'm not completely insane <laughs> maybe just a tad um are you, are but you ready moving to... up there now not really there are a couple other things i want to hit on um you uh you have the also and i'm kind of 50 50 on this because i suspect that maybe just maybe Dragonfire should be able to kill the white walker or the king of the white walkers. But you did have that awesome scene where, you know, she just gives it to him full force and he just kind of looks up and smirks just like, yeah. All right. Guess again. I just enjoyed that kind of for the shock value aspect of it because yeah. it didn't work, you know, and here we are. Okay. Well, that didn't get him. Now what? And, you know, as it turns out, we discussed now what, but yeah. And even though it didn't quite pay off for him, I enjoyed you know all the John parts like that's the way I've kind of always described it you know yeah Arya was the ball carrier but you don't win that battle if you don't have John there you know John was kind of the glue holding a lot of this together yes and of course you had the uh, you had uh, the final moment with Theon where he you know I did I... that was the other the, I guess the other two things for me was just kind of the tying off of Jorah and the tying off of Theon kind of in the perfect way it's like you know they come full circle, you know. He dies. Uh, maybe protecting I, Brand is not the most accurate word because yeah. he literally just ran at the dot, at the dude and was <laughs> promptly smashed. But yeah. um, yeah, I, wasn't, I wasn't
0: a fan of that. But that's just nitpicking.
1: Well, I mean, you know, he gave it a shot. Yeah. <laughs> maybe if he tried something other than just. Running, running you know? at him like a big honking moron. That would have been great, but you know, still, whatever. Yeah. Um. And uh, as far as Jorah, you know, which I mean, I guess that's maybe kind of the other part of these. Maybe they did that because you also have the Jorah version of it, where he's, you know, he dies protecting Danny, and yep. he actually does fight off, you know, dozens of them, and you know, eventually goes down. Even Danny winds up picking up a sword, going after him. So you know, I mean, something something balance. But you know, still, I, I like I said, I thought those were good moments and worth talking about for that episode as far as payoff goes. Uh, I'm trying to think, there was him dying protecting Danny was
0: I've, I. I would have been really disappointed if that's not how it had ended. I mean, because I mean he loved. I mean he would have done. He loved her. I mean so I yeah. mean that was that was kind of that kind of almost
1: romanticized type scene. You know, like yeah, they, your he, courtly he, love, your noble knight. You know, yeah, dying, protecting. I'll, yeah, I really liked yeah. it. Yeah, I will say there is one complaint I did have about this episode, and I'm sure it came up. It had to have. They complained about literally every fiber of this episode, so why wouldn't they get to that? <laughs> yeah. But this is like the one that sort of kind of is a little bit valid, and even it was really done for tension. But just for example, if any of you out there should ever find yourselves in the medieval fantasy universe, and um, there's a army coming that's ruled by a dude whose specialty is raising the dead maybe don't hide <laughs> the women the children and the otherwise useless in a fight folk in a crypt that just <laughs> seems like maybe it could backfire bad idea yeah. and it did boy did it backfire uh i
0: think i thought I, you know i was probably ignorant to think it but i really did think Tyrion and Sansa and Sansa would have died right there i don't know because they held hands i'm like oh no You know, it was that typical kind of, you know, foreshadowing that... But, I don't know.
1: Didn't work out that way, as it turns out, so... eh.
0: There was a uh, cutscene,
1: apparently, with him fighting. uh, To be honest with you, I'm glad they didn't show that, because it's just... I I don't think it would have... It seems to me like it would have thrown things off a little. Like, there's part of me kind of wishes they had, and there's part of me, it's like it's just totally okay that they didn't. I don't know. I'm back on it. But, um... I think with that said, we can probably move along to the last big... Um, so I think it's our... It's it's, it's, safe around to, this. it's safe to say that we both love the episode. Yeah, yes. Without okay. question. Yes. Uh, and with that said, I think we can move along to the last big, and I'll put very large quotes around this word, battle of the uh, series, which, of <laughs> course, was the Bells. Oh, and, uh, yeah, Danny's curb stomp of the Lannister Army, the Golden Company you're on ships etc and of course the you know the townsfolk of king's landing and again you know battle maybe not exactly the right word it is a battle in its own way but really it's more of a okay she finally took the gloves off and it's like yeah this i could have done this the entire time and now you all yep. suffer but yeah uh there's really no need i i i I think I'll say I want to save kind of like the controversial bits of that for later because there's just a lot I want to say about Danny. But just the episode itself was kind of going on the content. If you have anything to say about that episode. Yeah, I, I think this was the biggest episode in that
0: people really just tore it apart. So, yeah, we'll touch on that later, which I think is ridiculous. But it was one of those moments watching television that i might have only had one or two other times even watching film honestly that you just you feel kind of sick to your stomach and watching it and that it's so powerful what you're seeing and so disturbing in what you're seeing i mean at least for me Mm. it's it speaks volumes about just the tv show in general and that it was able to do that that you know you're so invested in it that her decision in that episode was so horrifying and i just couldn't believe it i mean you know i couldn't believe the fact that she was literally massacring to maybe two three hundred thousand people and just the way Brilliant. it was shot it was yeah i mean well it was shot like a like a war scene basically going off what they um, said
1: but yeah god sorry
0: yeah it, it was it was just it was very disturbing very realistic in that it looked like the aftermath of like a lot of people compared it to 9-11, which I don't want to compare to that because it's a TV show. <laughs> but but it it did give you that vibe in that everyone was just in absolute shock as to what just happened. Um, especially Aria following her throughout that entire episode was really um nerve-wracking and really you could kind of feel her emotions throughout it in that she couldn't believe what she was seeing.
1: Well, and that's kind of the interesting thing, is like, I mean, there's don't get me wrong, you can't ignore the spectacle of it, which is, you know, you've got a big freaking dragon just wrecking shop on everything on a television show. And again, like I said, there have definitely been movies about dragons. I don't think they pulled that off as well as that was done from a tactical aspect. But the things that I mainly appreciate about it are more to do with, like, what's going on on the ground. Um, I remember hmm might've been the ringer or something like that. You know, one of the podcasts where they talk about game of Thrones, this set and the other, but I remember one of the people complaining like that kind of after Danny and I don't think Danny made the decision then. I think Danny had made the decision long ago and just kind of paused, you know, kind of to give a little bit of a break and then, all right, here we go. Uh, having said that, uh, one of the complaints that I remember hearing was, "It's like they should have kept cutting to Danny. We should have seen what was going on in Danny's face." Blah blah blah. blah. And I completely and vehemently disagree, disagree. with that because yeah, it was me too. completely like it turned her like you know at that point it's sheer horror, it's terror. You're seeing it from the yeah. viewpoint like you mentioned Arya, a good example, and just you know other townspeople. It's no longer Danny and the dragon, and you're looking down. It's the people who are dealing with it, and you're looking up. You know, it actually kind of works to dehumanize Danny, which is yes. kind of an important thing they needed to do. But it didn't seem to take on some people, and you know, like you see, like what a destructive force she actually is. That what you know, what the dragons themselves actually are, or the dragon, as it were. So imagine if it had been three. And other kind of like key moments in it that I enjoyed. Where I might have mentioned this somewhere else, but like you have not only just aria but you have like john and davos you know in the midst of mm-hmm. all this and you know and gray worm even you know gray worm at this point gray worm's kind of just you know full blown no nah, i'm just gonna kill all these guys and that's pretty much that and you know john and davos kind of have that moment where they realize that they're the only two people keeping a cool head here and you know john even winds up having like you know, i remember at one point having to kill one of his own men you know, like who's right. immediately, was... like, has just gone completely bloodthirsty and is just like, you know, trying to like right, kill like know. a woman or a child. And he mm-hmm. winds up, you know, like, he pulls him off, he attacks him, he winds up killing him. And, you know, so you have like the moments just for those characters, you know, where they're seeing and they're understanding suddenly, like, oh God, Varies was right. Like, here we are now, you know. And like I said, takes a little bit for it to sink in on John, but you still. He's obviously watching this and realizing, you know, what's happening. And there's the key moment where he puts up his sword, which, you know, to me kind of signifies a lot because it's I'm not here to take life anymore. I'm here to save it. And at that point, you know, goes about trying to get people out of the city. You know, trying to trying to rescue people and not trying to kill anyone if right. you will. Well, like, those were like the important moments for me. Like mostly, yeah, I mean, you already covered a bunch of them and then, you know, as I said, the John and Davos moments, but uh, anything yeah, else? I to mean, say about that one. Well, Go just
0: re- really quick, I mean, touching on what you said about, you know, people wanting to see Danny on the dragon actually destroying the city, I, I, I agree with you. That's ridiculous. That's people that I, I don't think have any kind of um, appreciation for, like you said, how they dehumanized her. I mean well, you you just saw you saw the death and plus it would have really taken away from that key moment in the show where you saw her face and just the the
1: Yeah, just that look and the then rage
0: just, and the you could tell it was kind of conflicting her a little bit and she did such a great job with yeah. that scene. I mean it Without was beautiful even in the way. She a did that. Just, oh, it was so yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, also kind of touching on Grey Worm, Grey Worm was under the same type of he had the same rage that she did I mean he just watched love of his life get beheaded and you know she she just watched dragon but yeah 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 so he wasn't going to leave the city without absolutely butchering everyone that he could so um, and I thought it's one of the best episodes not only for Game of Thrones but for just for TV in general it's 10 out of 10 for me
1: it truly is, and uh, you know one of the more controversial episodes, which we'll get to, but uh, it was supposed to be. So there you go. You know, yeah, um, I will say this though, just kind of opinion, and I don't know. You might decide to cut this, but it's just kind of worth, it, or worth mentioning for me. Uh, when I try to actually imagine like how the scene would have gone if you had cut back to Danny several times, all I have is like god forgive me but some sort of like insane foul core from the never-ending uh, with like her just going Rah! just you know like with her tongue hanging out Look. screaming bloody murder just you know looking mad and it's just like that is the stupidest possible thing that you ever could have s- done it would have you... the entire episode
0: i swear to you as i sit here talking i thought of the exact same thing when you said what I would have thought of I was like Falcor.
1: So like, and like that it's go, just like is that that's what you wanted? Okay. You wanted bloodthirsty, insane Falcor shots. Got it. Okay. You guys are yeah. yeah. Something else I don't feel like we can get away without discussing, and we've covered a few of these before, but basically just some of the huge divergences between the show and the books. And I'm trying to remember I believe the part where things really started to kind of split or about season five, there's a lot of adjustments in certain things and, uh, let's see, this will definitely get us some hate mail, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, I think the show made the right call on a lot of those. And now just, there's,
0: just to remind me, and I guess some people listening season five is when the books ran out. Is that right?
1: Not precisely. Uh, okay. but it is the last one that actually makes like an honest effort to adapt what is happening in the books as it happens in the books the first season is basically the first book second season is a reminder for people is pretty much second book A Clash of Kings the first book actually and I'll just, it's yammering but here it goes anyway as I said, the the series itself is not called Game of Thrones, it's called A Song of Ice and Fire the books Game of Thrones comes from the title of the first book, A Game of Thrones. The second book, A Clash of Kings, which basically is covered in season two. And then the third book is A Storm of Swords, which is covered in seasons three and four. That's, from there on, that's where the divergence happens. You have your fourth book, which is called The Feast for Crows, and your fifth book, which is called The Dance of Dragons. And then two other books coming, uh, one of which is called The Winds of Winter and one of which is called A Dream of Spring. And let's see, nine years and counting, almost to the day. So <laughs> get on that, George. Um, that said, go back to your original question. Season five is when things start to diverge rather heavily. Like there are bits and pieces of what goes on in Book, like book four and book five like partially run concurrently like one of the bigger complaints i remember about uh season or about book four and, yeah in particular was you didn't have uh danny or john in it and gotta be honest that was a hard read because it's like eh, there's other characters i like but you know those are for all points and purposes some of the most interesting characters and they're not in it uh brand might not be in it i can't eh. I can't remember exactly, you know, what, it's been a while, but I remember there being a significant amount of not that interesting characters that are newly on the board as POV characters and a lot of the characters that you actually want to see what's going on with them, oh, they're they're out, they're gone for this one. Yeah, they're sitting out, they're on the sidelines, so to speak. So those books kind of run concurrently, and that's when things get complicated as far as trying to adapt it and, like I said, in a lot of regards, I'm very glad that the show decided to streamline because if they hadn't, we might not would have gotten the show. Well, it might have finished, but it might have finished under a different method, like, you know, cancellation. Um, <laughs> but the primary things I kind of want to focus on, as I'd mentioned, you know, there's been a few things that we've kind of already hit upon. We hit upon Barrack Dondarrion, we hit on Lady Stoneheart. Mm. Uh, there's that wonderful cliffhanger with John Which is, you know, as I said, nine years and counting. Don't know if John's alive or dead. Hadn't read the book yet. Do you
0: think Stoneheart was the most disappointing thing that, you know, the readers of the book didn't get to see in the show?
1: It certainly was for me. I can't comment for everybody. Um, There is, and I'll get to this in a second, another interesting little turn that some might would have wanted to see. I didn't particularly care for it because I saw it for what it was. But still... Um, but I figure I want to kind of focus on the main differences. Um, for a start, uh, the Dorn situation. Uh, you have in the show, you know, you had the Sand Snakes. You had three of them in the books. I think it's some. It's a it's a significantly larger number. I don't remember if it's eight or nine. But you know, Oberon had a lot of children. He was a man of great passion. You know might say, <laughs> <clears throat> and. Uh, it's kind of they go about it a lot different you have you know like his daughters who are for the most part very interested in revenge which okay that's true to the show but that's about where the similarities end Uh, his uh, paramour or uh, whatever you call her I'm using the terms the books would use here um, she's actually not that vengeance minded in the books so it kind of just falls by the wayside for her I mean she's there but you know she but she's not advocating like going getting revenge. Uh the other character in the Martell family which does make an appearance on the show but again his means are quite a bit different is uh Doran Martell who has kind of the same mentality in show as he does in book which is kind of let's play the long game here, let's not just jump and do something right now and he does have a character that he clashes with. If I recall maybe Oberon's only trueborn daughter, I believe it's Ariane Martell, who does not make an appearance in the show. Like, they kind of, in some regards, like, they kind of combined her character traits into Alaria um, Sand and, like, the other three Sand Snakes whose names escape me at the moment because, um, spoiler alert, I actually hated those characters with, a like, passion, and I was glad <laughs> to see them go. Uh, yeah. But we'll get to that. Anyway... Pause for water there. My bad. <clears throat> um, well, like I said, carrying on, and I think a lot of this gets started in book four, you have, like, the Dornish plot. You have that. Um, you have another... I believe he's the son of Doran Martell who is sent off to, uh, I guess, treat with Danny and basically make a marriage proposal to her. Um, hope you're sitting down. Doesn't go well. Um <laughs> And even better, uh, he winds up getting roasted by one of the dragons because he, I think in their history somewhere, there's like a drop of Targaryen blood. So he thinks, you know, maybe he has a chance. And so while he's kind of like circling with Viserion, Rhaegal just goes ahead and blasts him with flame. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, I remember that being... I'm not going to get too much into book criticism, but everybody's just like, oh, well, that's what one of the uh, just story just went nowhere. And it's like, again, kind of going back to the MacGuffin thing, it's like you have several people who are uh, on their way to try to get Danny, you know, to come with them or work with them or the set and the other. And like I said, kind of with the money in the bank analogy, you know, sorry, but there can be only one. So that's not really a... So it's not that that story's bad. It's just... Uh, you know what I mean? It's like it kind of goes off the reservation and away from like a lot of the characters that you actually do care about to introduce all these new characters that, you know, maybe you'll like them, maybe you won't. Yeah, it's I don't, kind of yeah out of the going. way for no mm-hmm. reason. <laughs> I mean, I've said this before, and, uh, you know, I, the best way I can describe it is this. It's like if you want to get really technical about it, a proper story is diamond shaped. You have a starting Mm -hmm. point and then you branch out and then you start branching inward, you know, to the top. Um, I I don't know exactly what shape Martin's is, but it's more like you have a starting point and then it goes up and then way down and then way up again and then just outward. And it just keeps going outward forever and ever (laughs) and ever with nothing looking like it's coming to any kind of logical conclusion or, you know, working its way inward. Um, but, yeah, I didn't like the Sand Snakes in the books particularly. It's just, I just found a lot of that kind of hard to read. It's like, that was the thing where it's like, I'm just sort of, I'm getting through this. I'm not enjoying it necessarily. and. Yeah. It was interesting to me when they brought them onto the show because you know they go about it in a totally different way. Like the whole Jamie and Bron, you know, subplot where they go off to try and rescue the princess—that all never happens in the book. It's, but what happens in the book isn't necessarily more satisfying. So, and like I don't want to get into like all the full details here because we'd be here for a million years. But basically, it's like they took something that a lot of people didn't particularly care for in the book form and they condensed it into like three super annoying characters <laughs> and it's like, made it
0: worse. Yeah.
1: yeah. It's like I, for all the criticisms I've heard, it's like one of the only ones that I like fully agree with is just like, yeah, I did not like the sand snakes at all. Um, and I felt like they detracted from the show. I thought a lot of their battle, you know, a lot of their dialogue was horrible. Um, it just felt to me like i don't know they talked like contemporary teenagers almost or something and that just kind of threw me out of it um i know where there was the one line which we won't say because i think it's a pg show yeah or can we say it brent you tell me uh i think we might want to skip that one yeah okay well <clears throat> the bad something let's leave it at that that's the line that everybody kind of zeros in on when they're like uh well benny off and well I can't write and it's like that actually wasn't that like all things considered that line wasn't really that bad to me it was just literally every other word they ever said ever <laughs> and like I said I don't think it was that I think it was just sort of the tried to I think it's like they tried to shoehorn too much into like three characters and wound up it just it just kind of didn't work you know, that's that's the nature of adaptation. Sometimes things just don't quite work. Uh, how did you feel about the sand snakes, lolly viewer who has never read the books before? <laughs> um, I felt that I felt it was very out of place, kind of like you said.
0: I didn't really understand how or why it. I mean, I understood why it or how it tied into the story, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. It, I felt it was very insignificant, kind of, in the. I would rather have seen, you know Well, what, considering
1: how it all turned out, you know, where they all just get massacred Yeah, so like, it was by just... Euron and then have the little part where uh I did actually that's the one thing I, I did like I did like Cersei getting her revenge by going in with the two of them and doing exactly to the daughter of Alaria Yeah what they did to Marcella and just like, all right, well, enjoy and that being like their last scene. I did like that. That was pretty but that's, cool. yeah. but that's about it. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. Um, maybe
0: she escaped when Danny was destroying King's Land.
1: <laughs> what are you, Reddit? There's no maybe. <laughs> They're dead. I love that. What are you, Reddit? D E D <laughs> dead. <All right. laughs> say if she dead. There's not really a lot else to say about Dorn or the Sand Snakes because I mean, I mean, I guess there is, but I don't want to be here 28 hours. I don't think you do either, and more importantly, the audience doesn't. So. <laughs> Moving along, uh, just some other kind of key important things, um, and I don't want to delve too deeply into this one because this has controversy written all over it, but uh, not in the it's, notes, calling an audible here. So yeah, uh, everything that happened to Sansa in season five, oh, no. the one that you know broke a lot of people, the one that actually had like a congresswoman respond, etc., <laughs> it didn't happen to her in the books. Uh, It happened to a, God forgive me, but a semi-unimportant side character. And actually what happened to the side character was significantly worse. Uh, You find out that she had been, if I'm not mistaken, basically Littlefinger had gotten a hold of her somehow, and she had been, like, I guess sitting in his brothel for a while. I assume not just sitting, unfortunately. And... (laughs) Then they decided to try to pass her off as Arya Stark to strengthen the Bolton claim on the North. So yeah. pretty much everything that happens almost to the letter with Sansa during that season instead happens as character. And not to say too much about it, because again, I I, I don't feel like getting the hate mail. But Brent does, so send it all to him, Tisha. <laughs> 45 Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Wow balls on this guy. Anyway, um. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, and this is one of the things I always kind of said about it with that, um, it is not a pleasant scene, obviously. Of course it made you uncomfortable. That's it's supposed it to. It's a horrible to do. freaking moment mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. happens to a semi-beloved to character. The only difference is in the books it happens to a character that's people have almost pretty much forgotten about and there's always that part of me that wants to just make that argument it's like okay is it somehow less terrible that it happens to this character that you don't know but you know I don't really want to delve into that it's just kind of uh, I'm trying to think of a way to describe this a certain weird skewed morality that people have when it comes to fictional characters it's like you know oh all these unimportant extra red shirts they all died ah screw them they don't matter. don't oh my god they killed Rob well it's kind of like when a celebrity dies versus when you know,
0: somebody that you don't know dies. It's just <clears throat> very skewed.
1: Okay, so to clarify, to Brent Lowry specifically, <laughs> celebrities more important. Than no, I'm just saying... you lowly plebeians <laughs> and me. No, 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 I'm saying that's how people view it. Uh huh. Sure. All right. Well, yeah. Unfortunately, you're correct. But yep. yes, I'm just ribbing you there. But yeah, that that is, and it's weird too because there's a lot of that. You know, which I don't know. I mean, Probably a psychological or sociological study out there probably could be done on that. But it was interesting to me because for all the things everybody said, it's like, would you have preferred it if they had actually stuck to the book version and brought a basically unimportant side character glorified extra in and just had everything that happened to Sansa plus some even worse stuff? I'll just leave it at this and involve dogs. Would you have rather it happened to an unimportant side character. Would all yeah. you people who were all so unhappy about this and like threatening to quit the show over it, which judging by ratings, none of you did, would it have been better if it had happened to an un- important side character? Because if the answer is yes, look inward. Moving on. Um, the other, I'd say this is a pretty important one, uh, Euron. Things go quite a bit different for Euron. Matter of fact, Euron himself is quite different in the books. And Euron is one of those cases where it's like I actually do kind of prefer what they did in the books which is you have a lot more kind of about the Ironborn um, how he comes about being king of the Iron Islands. That all pretty much works out the same but he has a brother uh, named Victarion if I recall and it's another one of those he sends when he comes in he introduces an item into the story called Dragonbinder. It's some sort of horn that may or may not have come from uh, Valyria, which he claims to have sailed through. Um, and just before I get into that, the character in and of itself is a lot more like wizard and necromancer-y. You know what I mean? Like a lot more dark and twisted. And I mean, don't get me wrong, the one on the show is pretty dark and twisted, but it's like dark and twisted and just a dude. And you know, yeah, not a lot of like magic or you know, anything like arcane, really. It's just, he's just kind of a dick. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry,
0: but man, the one in the book sounds way better. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. And so, like you had, you know, like I said, you've got this guy. He's been everywhere. He's a seasoned pirate, you know, slash possibly wizard or God knows what else. God, it sounds ben like a character a, off of like Pirates of Darkwater or something. Brent Lowry. Great, everyone, the one human <laughs> being that remembers the Pirates of Darkwater. Hey, okay, One. go ahead. <laughs> One and only person. Great show. All and right. now me, because of you. <laughs> All he right. fights with a broken sword anyway? Yeah, yeah. Now as I said that, uh, <laughs> Conan comes to mind. In my literal favorite movie ever, but never mind that. Yeah. It's he, uh-huh. better, so suck it. <laughs> anyway, uh, returning to uh, important details. Blah, blah, <laughs> lizard, pirate, monster, some such something. He has this corn called... Uh, Dragon Uh title's a little on the nose because the idea behind it is basically that if someone blows it in the presence of a dra- dragon, that person may now bend a dragon to their will. I'm bringing that up because yeah, you got to see a dragon kind of you know start fight or start playing for the other team in the show, but in a very distinctly different manner. Now, as of book five, that hasn't happened yet, but. He did send Victorian to, you know, treat with Danny, who he doesn't know is off in a field somewhere being surrounded by a Throcky or some BS. And he does have in his possession this horn. I believe they had a guy blow it uh, before they took off on their voyage and it like charred him from the inside out. So that's <laughs> nice and freaky. But, I mean, you know, this is, again, and we talked about this before, but a lot of the supernatural elements that they just kind of blew over and, you know, went past, this is another one of those where it's like, yeah, that would have been a nice, pretty cool bit of storytelling to see. And uh, a fair amount more that maybe could be said about that, but we'll move along for now. Um, The last and probably most important distinction is... um, During Tyrion's storyline, which goes markedly different, he encounters these two characters, Griff and Young Griff. And Tyrion being, you know, detective-minded, eventually cracks that Young Griff is not actually Young Griff, but uh, as far as we know, a living um, and probably, I don't know, 15, 16, 17-year-old... Aegon Targaryen son of Rhaegar the character that as far as we know up until that point had his head bashed in by the mountain when he massacred you know the remaining bits of the Targaryen family that the Lannisters could catch so you have this big introduction of this character that oh my god he's not dead after all now um, and he's actually the one who brings the gold company and everything to the shores of Westeros, with the intent basically to just kind of go and take it all himself. Like getting from point A to point B, that's a little bit of a stretch. But I'm not here to read people the book, so you get my point. Yeah. But um, I don't know. You're not reacting to that, so I'm kind of surprised. I figured that would be a kind of a bigger moment for you. Um, no, I
0: mean that's that's interesting. I was just trying to think of how
1: because uh, basically, know. A, you know, between John and Danny, it's offering a third Targaryen in the mix theoretically. I mean, that's a pretty massive omission, yeah. Uh-huh. Now, um, something that's important to note about this character, you know, this alleged Aegon VI, and, you know, a lot of readers have kind of picked up on this, and I think a lot of this kind of hinges upon whether or not you figured out by that point that Jon is who he actually is, which, you know, is, again, son of Rhaegar uh, Targaryen and Lyanna Stark and let better a legitimate you know son of them which like i said from a reader perspective if you really know what you're looking for you crack it and that's obviously not something they're going to change in the show but here here we go but you have this late game introduction of this character who simultaneously kind of you know throws a bit of an obstacle into the overall story of the two primary characters you know over here you have Danny as as far as we quote unquote know it the last Targaryen, the last of her bloodline, the last of her name. Right. You know, her birthright, etc. This, that, and the other. Okay, well, here's a guy that brings all that into question because he has a better claim. You know, because he is the son of her brother, meaning the son of the crown prince, the son of the legitimate heir. Thus, you have what now? Oh, well, that's cool. Whatever. I'm actually king. You suck. And then on top of that, you have the reveal of a hidden Targaryen. Well, what is John? So, as far as I'm concerned, his sigil might as well just be a big old red fish because he's a red herring. Like, very obviously a character introduced into the story to kind of maybe make you doubt that these two characters who are what you think they are are as important as you think they are. But, I mean, it does kick a lot up into the air, you know, if you get technical. And I am very interested to see how he handles this because... As we mentioned, the show didn't bother with this. The show not bothering with this kind of suggests to me that probably his days are numbered and that he's not maybe super important in the long run, but we shall see. Anyway, uh, I'm guessing you might have something to say. So well, I was, I, I was going to say, do you think
0: the show pretty much did that because they wanted to make it even more kind
1: of impactful when he found out that John was also a target area? That's kind of my theory on it, yeah, because... And I mean, it kind of goes back with the whole, if you think about it, kind of the reason why they didn't do Stoneheart, which, you know, love it or hate it. It's a little more impactful when you have one other character who this has happened to. And then John comes back from the dead as opposed to, oh, no, you've got several of these characters just walking around. Right. So I think think that might be part of why they did it. But I also think ultimately, and I mean, that's one of those things just, you know, the translation, everything or rather not translation, the adaptation of everything, you know, again, part of your your job is to streamline the story and they don't have the time to go off on these tangents and yeah. bring in these insane late game characters who do this and that, and blah, 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 only to then turn around and yeah, now it turns out John was this guy anyway. So <laughs> I think what you said is probably right on the money, uh, but like I said, I, it, it also leads me to suspect that maybe he's not as important as he may appear to be. Um, there are some people that have this belief that uh, by the time Danny gets to Westeros, he will be king, and he will have already uh, gotten rid of Cersei. I do not believe that. I mainly don't believe that, because if you go back to Cersei's prophecy, what does it say she's going to be overthrown by? A queen, younger and more beautiful. Yeah. All right? Well, Aegon's a dude, so that's out. I mean, I mean, I think granted. It's a- it's a pretty interesting these are like beat for beat but it's like that would be a pretty that would screw a lot of things up though like just as far as her prophecy goes anyway sorry you were saying well yeah but i
0: mean yeah i mean i agree with what you're saying i haven't read the books of course but um just from my perspective and plus george r R. martin has pretty much hinted at you're not gonna see anything that Drastic, necessarily, in the way that it ends, and some of the characters, how their yeah. lives, end at least, not in like
1: that. the the ultimate payoff. Of, yeah, yeah. You know, like ultimately, yes, this is going to happen to this character. This is going to happen to this character. Yeah, blah, blah, blah down the line. And you know, granted that, like I said, there are some smaller characters they change with. Like for example, um at least in the books, Barristan Selmy is still alive, whereas Barristan Selmy in the show, uh, I'm trying to remember. I think it was season five where they killed him. In the where you had the sons of the harpy, they rushed him and Grey Worm, and he took down like 12 of them, and then they, you know, the rest of them just kind of rushed and killed him. Right. Yeah. So, like, that's another one. I mean, it's, there's not a lot to say about that one. Uh, I will say this that's one of my favorite characters as far as the books goes. I kind of didn't like to see him go like that, but at the same time, it's like, depending on what they basically, you know, you have him, they kind of gave Jora his arc, which I'm kind of okay with because I don't particularly care for the direction that Jora goes in in the books, which. I really don't want to get into because it's too much of a headache. Uh, it is basically kind of how it went in the show where he and Tyrion get sold into slavery, but it meanders a bit. So, yeah. Anyway, sorry.
0: Continue. No, no. That's that's pretty much all I had to say about that particular character. I mean, is there is there anything else as far as anything
1: huge? That's about it. Uh, yeah. And I think that's a good jumping off point to kind of move into just the remaining books and you know maybe what main points I think are locked for the book ending for example and I think we need to I think we need to kick off
0: this with before you get into how you think they're going to actually go what's your theory as to why it hasn't been released yet well
1: <clears throat> nice pregnant pause let everybody <laughs> drink it in <laughs> <clears throat> And I want to say, I by hope, the way,
0: I, I love this theory. You've told yeah, me this that's before, cool enough,
1: right over me. It's, well, I don't know when you're talking. When I start talking is usually when I'm talking. But anyway, <laughs> as I was saying, nice pregnant pause. Let everybody drink it in. I want to start by saying I hope to God, not even just my God, any other potential gods, maybe some of H.P. Lovecraft's elder gods, you know, the... <laughs> tentacles and missing eyes, all those kind of things. The drowned God, the seven, the stranger, <laughs> the many faced God, all of them. I hope that I'm wrong about this. I hope you're right. <laughs> I hope to God I'm wrong about this. But I have a certain theory as to why maybe we haven't had a book yet. And um, it's basically this. Okay. Uh, it's a known fact that George R. R. Martin writes his books on an old I can't remember the exact specifics, but like an MS-DOS word processor. So, you know, for all points and purposes, the kind of... uh, Remember back when you actually, like, there was computers and there were word processors, you know, as opposed to, you know, just like Microsoft Word being on a computer. Yeah. I suspect some of your listeners were literally not alive for this, but... Oh, well, (laughs) here we go. Anyway, he writes his books primarily on that that has always been his chosen method an unholy part of me believes that part of the reason that we are sitting here waiting nine years later for a book is because at some point that ancient mid 80s or so machine finally bit the dust and took with it probably I don't know two three thousand pages worth of manuscripts and that he just threw his hands up in the air and said you know what screw it Ugh. The show guys can finish the story. I'm done. I'm worth literal millions now. Whatever. I love that so much. I love that he, I love to think that he
0: didn't back up anything like on a hard drive or something, like on a separate one, you know?
1: Well, you know, I mean, elderly people and technology. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Example, writing all your stuff on an ancient piece of technology to begin with. But yeah. yeah. So, you know, again, hopefully I'm wrong, but. I just kind of try to put myself in that position, like what I would do if that happened to me, and I think that might would just snap me. I'd just be like, I, "Yeah, never mind. I'll uh, I'll tell another story. I guess I'm done." Yeah. But yeah, I hope to God I'm wrong about that, but an unholy part of me believes it could be the case. Anyway. Well, I want to bring up too that
0: just real quick. You can YouTube it. There's a really funny Conan skit where he tries to show us what George R.R. Martin's doing instead of writing his book to youtube that it's really funny
1: yeah it's a beautiful beautiful moment mm. <sighs> i hate to say it but actually thinking about my own theory gives me a headache that that's how <laughs> fun that is um it's possible yeah unfortunately i mean hey it's as good an excuse as literally any of the others right my dog Just ate saying. my homework my computer yeah. <laughs> stopped yeah. working <laughs> My nine thousand year old and technological years computer just finally stopped. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, there's that. Um but anyway, moving along, I feel like we should kind of cover what I think are yeah, I'd say probably a lot for the book ending. And uh I don't know how thorough we're gonna be about this because yeah, you know, there's a couple that I think are like definite. There's a couple I think not necessarily. Um but with that in mind, let's get started. Um I think it's pretty obvious by now John is going to be you know, the son of Rhaegar and Lyanna and the legitimized son of Rhaegar and Lyanna I think it's pretty apparent that Danny is going to go bat and burn down the entire city, or well in my opinion she goes tyrant some people think she goes crazy, but never mind all that you get my point, I think she's going to have the late game heel turn the yeah. shocking hand over the mouth late game heel turn uh, I think Bran's going to wind up on the throne. A big part of the reason why I think Bran's going to wind up on the throne is because that is again one of the parts of the show that kind of almost you're like wait what? So it's like well, that had to come from him. You know what I mean? Just like it would be al-
0: kind of going back to what he said. I think I think him not hmm. being on the throne at the end would be too big of a jump.
1: Yeah. It, it yeah, it would make and I mean like I said, the other thing is in a weird sort of way and I'm not trying to be critical here. It's just you know, like I said there was a lot of and I think I mentioned this like the first episode, but, you know, I feel like they did kind of like downplay Bran's significance a fair amount and, you know, kind of like undersell like the supernatural elements, kind of leaving it where we don't really know exactly what Bran is. And I think that's why that feels so out of nowhere. But it's like, I thought like that has to be it, because why else would it be the case in the show? Like, I think if they had just been given free reign, just, oh, no, no, just do whatever you want, which I mean, they had, I'm sure, technically, but still. Why would they have arrived at that conclusion? They would have probably yeah. gone with something else. So yeah, there's. I think yeah. it's.
0: Yeah, that's a great. That's a great point, actually.
1: Yeah, there's no way they <laughs>
0: they would have gone
1: with something that obscure. Because well, I mean, God, like, they. I, you like, know, if you gave me carte blanche, I wouldn't have picked it. Yeah, and I say that as somebody who's okay with it. Yeah. But I would still, it's not what I would have done. I, I assume it's probably not what you would have done. And hmm. anyway, sorry, continue.
0: No, it was just, I'm basically repeating what you just said, and that, you know, the show didn't build him up enough. You didn't have as much of a personal... um, I mean, literally skipped the
1: whole season. Connection with him. Yeah, yeah. So So, it was an odd choice. Yeah, and they kept what was mysterious. Still pretty mysterious, like I said. You know, end of the show. Still don't quite know exactly what Fran (laughs) is. And congratulations, we have a demigod. You know, we basically have a demigod on the throne. So even more like, do what now? Okay, huh. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think, of it. I, I do think it is a lock that, in some regard, a dragon will go rogue. I do not know that it will be in quite the way we got it in the show, because again, like I said, you have other valid measures you could say in the books where it might happen. Again, you have got the dragon binder horn. You have you have at least a character who's somewhat Valyrian. He's got the purple hair and the silver eyes and. Judging by when um, Tyrion beat him at not chess, the, uh, shall we say, Targaryen temperament. I say not chess because there's a game in there. I think it's called Savas. And I don't remember exactly. I want to say Martin described it as like some combination between chess and Stratego, but whatever. I stand by what I said. So, you know, like I said, there's other possible potential ways in which a dragon might find its way not under the control of Danny. But, yeah, I don't know undead dragon being wielded by supernatural force that's almost unstoppable seems as good a way as any so yeah But like i said i'm just i'm not going to commit and say i for sure think that's how it's going to go down i think that's a good possibility i just but i do think definitely like a dragon will go rogue maybe more than one and i do think it's like definite that probably by the end of it one of them is alive anyway sorry continue no, I was going to ask you, you know, your
0: your theory on this, and you're probably going to bring it up anyway. But um, what is your theory on how Cersei and Jaime will finish up in the book?
1: I feel like I might have covered this in an earlier episode, but eh, it's worth restating. Um, I do not think it will go the way it went in the show. Um, yeah. Maybe the end points, in the sense that they wind up in the rubble, but. Well, I guess that's what Look, I meant as far as their... work their, is yeah. laid in the books more specifically. Like I said, you have the Valonqar prophecy. The Valonqar prophecy, which actually, hey, well, I left that out, but we'd already talked about it before, so it didn't seem worth working into that segment. But point is, with the Valonqar prophecy, again, you have that final little bit, and I can't remember the exact wording, so I'm paraphrasing here, But and the Valonqar will wrap his hands around the, your throat and choke the life from you. That's the third part of... Cersei's prophecy the first part being all your kids will die the second part being you'll be overthrown by a younger more beautiful queen and the third part being you know Valonqar which is Valyrian for little brother will you know strangle you to death yeah okay well uh the first part you know we got that we got her being overthrown by a you know a younger more beautiful queen theoretically um and again like I said, true to Greek tragedy and everything, you have that whole element where she's going about making this happen without realizing. like, In her attempt to make it not happen, she's further forcing it. In her mind, that's going to be Tyrion. Uh, in the but, you know, the reality is she's actually further alienating herself from Jaime. I do not think you're going to get this love affair, uh, you know, twisted, tragic. He's addicted to her type love affair ending in the books i think jamie will probably be the person to kill her i think it will be a conscious choice and then probably five or ten seconds after that he'll die himself Mm -hmm. i suspect that will happen you know kind of in the roundabout sort of way like what you got in the show just instead of a loving reunion i don't know maybe he's already there maybe he just loses it and kills her whatever i don't know but i think jamie will kill her i mean that's certainly
0: as a viewer that's how i expected it to end
1: And a lot of people did. And, you know, like I said, I'm, I guess, kind of the odd man out in that. But when they didn't bring the Valon car into it, I knew right then and there that was not what we were getting because it was literally it's like three seconds of dialogue. It's like it's not like you needed to cut it for time. You could have had that in there. if That's what you were aiming for. And they didn't do it. You know, they Mm -hmm. instead kind of went with the tragic love affair like he's addicted to Cersei story. And, you know, for all the complaining everybody did okay fine wonderful but that is the groundwork that they laid in the show so you can't get them for not being true to what they set out to do you know what i mean it wasn't like just complete it wasn't something that was completely oh yeah it wasn't just off the wall out of nowhere you know turn or anything yep that's that's what they set up and that's how it went sorry pause for a minor water break there um the other thing I think is like a definite lock for it is a uh, Cleggain Bowl.
0: Mm hmm. The Mortal, Mortal Kombat stage.
1: Dare you. <laughs> now, having said that, uh, actually, that's another nice difference that I kind of forgot to mention. Um, as of the book so far, uh, Sandor Clegane has not officially made a reappearance. There's a certain scene somewhere where you see this, where they meet this guy who. I don't remember the character's name, but uh, the kind of show stand-in version of him was the one that was played by Ian McShane a couple of years ago um, in the episode where they brought the Hound back. You may recall this. Yeah. And um, there's a gravedigger, and I'm trying to remember who sees him. It might have been R.A.M. or somebody else, but the point of the matter, somebody gets a look at him, and it says just enough about him to suggest that, like, okay, yeah, that's totally the Hound. Like, he's, you know, retired from combat, he's, you know, joined up with, you know, this religious faction or something like that, and is trying to just live a peaceful life. So, I suspect all that will come about, you know, including bringing him back into the mix, probably in some violent way because of some violent action, and leading ultimately to him versus Gregor Gugain, hopefully in as epic a fashion as the show gave us, but you know, you you got your work cut out for you on that one, Martin. So yeah, I really think that's a moment
0: in the show that a lot of people kind of brush over for some reason. I mean, maybe not, but just no. Based they were on too busy being
1: pissed off at absolutely yeah. nothing, Brent. why could we notice the good things? Oh, listen, anyway, they're sorry, going. Go that's
0: like one of the. I mean, I didn't read the once again. You know, I didn't read the books, but I mean, just from watching the show, I was like, that's the most epic setting for a battle I've ever seen. Well, and on top of that –
1: I don't know if I'd go with all time. It's up there, maybe. But well, I mean, yeah, but on top of that, it le- especially in the well, show, TV like I said, said, and I already said this elsewhere, but worth repeating, it's one of the few, maybe one of the only freaking times in this story where you get a nice epic battle between this character who hates this guy, you know, like this bad guy and this maybe not squeaky clean good guy, but you know what I mean, a protagonist and an antagonist who legitimately hate each other square off and do battle. Yeah. And, you know, ends with both of them dying, but still, it's like, it's one of the only times where you actually get that. You know, here's the person who wronged this person and they get to fight. Mm-hmm. You know, not, they get killed off in some other, you know, twisted way, not this, not that. Nobody pulls a lever for hungry dogs. They fight and then they die. So I mean, arguably, die. he's, I mean, I don't know.
0: There probably is somebody else, but somebody that actually gets that accomplishes their goal in the show, to kill him. I mean, you know, I mean there's not you can't yeah, say that about mean, a lot of characters. it's I mean, at the
1: behest of his own life, but he does accomplish it. Yeah. You know? I mean he, he does they go it, diving yeah. through that yeah, they go diving through that wall into the fire and, you know, he goes, but it, you know, he takes him with him. And again, you know, so. like I mentioned the important character moment for him where it's like he hates him more than he fears fire. You know? Yeah. It's just like that final just like, nope, this is the thing's most important to me. Boom. Anyway, sorry, continue. Because that's one moment in the show that you know i
0: guess i would like to hear that is different in the books is you know shortly before that you know when he's with arya you know i would have really liked to see arya have seen arya and uh, cersei in another scene together at least i mean at least see each other you know mm. i think kind of missed out on a pretty cool moment with that but i under, i guess i understand why they did it but
1: Aria is another one of those. I kind of don't know exactly what you're going to get with her in books. I do think the whole, you know, murder of the Frey family that'll probably come up in some regard. I will say the uh, the Frey pie incident in the book yeah. already has happened. It happened in a different way. Better, uh, it happened at Ramsey's fake wedding to, or well, I'll rephrase that: Ramsey's real wedding to fake Aria mm. at. Uh, Uh, Winterfell. There was, like, this different family, I think House Manderly. Maybe they're mentioned on the show like once, but point of matter was it's like um, apparently he had a pronounced grudge against, you know, members of the Boltons and members of the Freys for obvious reasons and he went about making that happen. So it was a nice little nod to that, but eh, you know, I suspect we will get Arya back over there you know, getting all kinds of glorious revenge now, was it uh, fake Arya or fake Sansa? Fake Arya. Okay. There was no fake Sansa. It was fake okay. Arya. Because Sansa was, you know, on the board in some regard. Uh, okay. Last seen sitting somewhere in the eerie with darker hair and a fake name. Elaine okay. Stone, I believe, something. Pretend to be the bastard daughter of uh, Littlefinger, which they kind of did that in the show for about, I don't know, 10 minutes, and then we're like, yeah, screw it. We're just going with this. <laughs> like I said, I do think we'll get... You know, a fair amount of glorious Arya vengeance in some regard. I don't know whether or not she'll meet Cersei again. Uh, it'd be kind of interesting, but again, the list of people that wants to that want to kill Cersei is a mile long, and so again, it becomes something of a MacGuffin. Only one of them gets to do it. There's really no point to having her interact with Cersei again if she ain't gonna be the one who does it. So yeah, that's why I suspect that will not happen. Not that it necessarily, you know, changes anything. I understand why you might want to see it happen. I'm just saying, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, from the book perspective, you might feel differently. But um, I do think it's something of a lock. Uh, well, okay, we don't really have a knight's king yet in the books, so I, that's what I'm up in the air about. I wouldn't call it a lock, uh, you know, like whether or not she gets to be the one to strike whatever it is down, or whether it's John. I understand kind of why in a show they might want to give the one thing to the one person and the other thing to another person just sort of so one person doesn't have like every big kill under their belt or whatnot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because that's another, you know, it's like I suspect in the books John will be the one who kills Ramsey because you don't have the Sansa story and thus you don't have the Sansa, you know, you know the built up frustration, the rage is that and the other. <laughs> Yeah, perhaps, I don't
0: perhaps perhaps there will not be any
1: prisoners <laughs> like perhaps Theon. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, but it uh, strikes me as I could see John doing it pretty easily. I could see John bringing down whatever, you know, whether it's the great other, whether it's the Night's King, whether it's whatever they call it or whether it's just does whatever to kill the whole army. I can see him being the one who does that, um, you know. I definitely think he's you know, which I mentioned earlier. I definitely think he's going to be the one who kills Danny. Like you can't get around that. That's yeah. obviously a you know call for Martin. And uh, that's really about all I have to say on the remaining books. Um, really not much else to
0: cover. Okay, I think we had some. You had some great points there, and I, I thought that was really interesting. And it'll be interesting to see you know whenever the books finally come out twenty five yes. years from now. Um, if you know some of your predictions were split correct.
1: split into fifty-two versions published by Brandon <laughs> Sanderson, perfect, be great. Yeah, or or fifty-two volumes rather. Sorry, continue.
0: Well, let's. Uh, we're uh, kind of slowly wrapping up our uh, our tribute here, but so let's talk about. I think one of the things that we've kind of looked forward to discussing. Um, let's talk about the backlash because there was some insane backlash for season eight.
1: Not only that, but if I recall, that's actually. Yeah, I'll say. But not only that, but if I recall, that was actually kind of the thing that made us decide to do this in the first place. Like, get out and <laughs> actually was. talk about it was because we were sitting here enjoying the hell out of ourselves. And then all these people were like, you know, damn this show. It ruined my probably already pretty sad life. And it's just I'm just sitting there like, Wait, what? I, yeah, uh, and so I, it was the greatest friggin' dragons, zombies, all this other shit. What the Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Well, it was kind of like what you just
0: said. I mean, it was a situation to where you know you and I would usually always discuss Game of Thrones episodes once they ended. I mean, going back several seasons, but season yeah. eight, I we mean, would always
1: text each other right. It's like over 2012 ish, I guess. Yeah, maybe, but yeah, or maybe before, but yeah. We, no, we would I always start on the second. Yeah, you start on the second season. So anyway, sorry. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, we would always shoot each other a text and just say you know what we felt about the episode, and it was always. Yeah that was so good that was all that was epic and then usually one of us would be like oh i bet reddit's gonna hate that and one of us would log on and <laughs> kind sure of just be, it would be just maddening there, like yeah just like talking?
1: walls of text where it's like uh yeah <laughs> first of all imagine if you actually applied this to something productive and second of <laughs> all man that is a lot of wrong to have written yeah. so many words but um i, I like had the uh, sorry I No, I feel like it's a lot of people that,
0: it's almost like it's a lot of people that have never watched a TV show for more than two to three seasons and actually made it to a season um, finale. Season finales to me have always felt different, no matter what kind of show it is. Um, Well, I sometimes
1: wonder if part of it's just not, just at least a little bit like, I'm mad that the show is going off the air. Like, yeah. so by itself, it's like you're kind of sort of hyping yourself up for something, and it's like, okay, there's no way it's possibly going to hit your expectations. Here we are, which I mean, a little bit that which we'll get to, but I, uh, it's kind of funny you mention that because I've had this weird theory before um, specifically revolving around fans of A Song of Ice and Fire and um, Game of Thrones, which has adapted over the years. It's like kind of first my thought was that maybe – George R. R. Martin ruins fiction for people. Like, once you've read it, and, you know, up is now down, twist, turns, zigging where other people zag, etc. You know, like, you go and you read just regular fiction, and it's like, ass isn't the same. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, maybe that's what happened. And then, and as I kept going, it kind of occurred to me, I don't really think it's that he ruins fiction for people. I think it's that he ruins certain people for fiction. Like... <laughs> <laughs> After a point, like, they're, like it's their wiring, not, you know, just all fiction. Like, they just, like, I, I can't read anything anymore but this. Yeah. And now, in a lot of cases, not all of them, I'm not saying this about everybody, but in a lot of cases, and this goes for the show, too, I'm starting to feel like these people have never read anything. Like, the last thing that they read was something that was assigned to them, maybe senior year of high school, that they were forced to read and didn't really read, you know, the way they wanted to or for the reason they wanted to. Mm. And that this is the only pleasure reading they've done since then. And so they just don't have any freaking clue how any of it works. And on the TV show side, I don't know, maybe it almost seems like, yeah. Okay. So you've never watched a show before because like some of the complaints I've seen, and I mean, we'll get deeper into this later, but this is just one that always stuck with me. Like there were, and I remember specifically on Reddit, there was a big, long, just Itch fest about the fact that at the end of episode 2 after walking around and trying not to talk to Danny for the whole episode finally John talks to her finally John tells her who he is and then she has her little reaction to it and right before they can really talk about it oh, the army of the dead attacks, we have to snap into it. And they were complaining about that and saying that that was badly paced, badly written, badly done, blah, blah, blah. That's dramatic tension. First of all, that happens in real life. I don't know how many times it's been something where it's like, I need to talk to somebody about something, and I'm trying, and oh, here's some other jackass to interrupt it. Great. (laughs) So first of all, there's that. Second of all, just in all kinds of fiction, that's how you create drama. You know, you have dramatic interruption. You have dramatic, you know... Character A needs to talk to character B. It's important. They must talk about it. And nope, they can't. Why? Because a war broke out in the middle of it. Or the zombies attacked. Or, I don't know, pick one. You know, Pick your preferred method of whatever, but you get my point. And just to see people, like, throw fits about that, and I'm sitting there just like, I, have you just never watched TV? This happened on freaking Cheers. <laughs> Like literally, Larry David wrote complete episodes around this concept. How I Met Your Mother was ninety percent this. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry. Other than that rant, that probably took about five minutes off. Right? No, I'm just kidding. Five years off of my life. Eh, not, not many strong opinions, but um. Well, I suppose, it's it's,
0: it's even wait. funnier. It's even funnier when people, you know, go on these insane tangents. Like on, we'll just we'll, we'll yeah, can, like the one I we'll, just. Went. We'll continue to
1: say you read it because that's where most of it came from. Eh, that, um, like that's where the bulk of it is. The only difference is on Twitter, it's oh these are actual people with their names attached going on these psychotic <laughs> rants. That's great. Sorry, go
0: ahead. Well, I was gonna say I, I love it when people complain about things, and we'll just take uh, we'll take Ghost for example, and that you know John didn't give Ghost a proper goodbye. But I love it when they they freak out this is the worst show ever. How dare they? But then the show actually does what they were complaining about that the show didn't do. And yeah. It's like,
1: yeah, hey, just shut up and happen. watch just, the show, you know? And, and, well, and I mean, that's one of the things that always throws me. Like, I don't know the person, like there are some people that just have this weird wiring. Like when you're watching a movie with them, Where it's like, as you're watching the movie, they keep looking over at you and asking you what's going to happen next, and it's like there comes a point where it's like, you know what the best way is to figure out what's going to happen next? Stop asking me about it and watch the damn movie. (laughs) Exactly. Turns out the way these things work is you wonder about something, and you watch it for a bit, and the damnedest thing happens, the answer falls into place. Wow! Isn't that amazing? (laughs) It's just... uh... you've never seen movies before. Just shut up and watch. But it
0: was just it was just this massive wave of negativity that, you know, I would read and just be I would be sad for these people that they're not grasping what the show is doing. And I, I don't under, I don't understand the impatience
1: and the Well, I mean just, it got to a point where it's like I gave up even like just reading comments on it because it's like just anywhere you go, it's like just vitriol and just hatred and it's just like, yeah, screw these guys, I'm done. Anyway, yeah, sorry um now unfortunately i may or may not have revisited a few of those to uh shall we say put myself in the right headspace to uh to cover this topic so that'll be fun and i'll probably need blood pressure medicine after this but here goes um i can't wait till we get to one point on this list by the way but go ahead (laughs) but yeah i was gonna say um and i mean we covered a couple of things that, you know, definitely worth noting about that uh, they're audibles, but still worth noting. Um, but this is one that's kind of a big thing for me. And, um, I, he's probably not listening to this episode because I actually spoke to him about this and he said he had not watched Game of Thrones, but, uh, there's a teacher at our alma mater, one, uh, Brian Otbruck. You remember him, I'm sure. Yeah. I like Brian. Something that always stuck with me, and I, I, like I said, I straight up reached out and told him about this because it all came back, you know, to my mind. Kind of when this all happening, I was thinking, I was like, "Where did the? Oh yeah, that was from him." He had mentioned in like senior English was that in general American audiences cannot handle tragedy, <laughs> and I don't remember what specifically he used an example, but I think like, I think at the time, like you had had maybe like the Romeo and Juliet that come out. And probably a year or two previous, you obviously had Titanic. You had a couple other things. And it's like, no matter what it was, if it had a tragic ending, that's fine. But it also had something to soften it at the end. And it was always, you know, softened in some way. And he said, basically, that the reason that that's done and that the reason that a lot of times you don't get tragedy nowadays, just like original tragedy, if you will, is basically because... American audiences really can't handle tragedy.
0: And
1: I was thinking about that a lot and was like, boy, did he ever nail it? Because that, (laughs) I think, is one of the big reasons for one of the big complaints here. Just that a lot of people... They say they can handle it. They say they get it. But it's like, I don't know how many people have looked at this, you know, epic, like just the finish and everything and said, that wasn't bittersweet at all. That was bitter. That was horrible. It was blah, 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 blah. And it's like, that was the definition of bittersweet. If you don't think that was bittersweet, you don't know what bittersweet is. It was extremely bittersweet. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Uh, believe me. There are ways it could have gone that would have been very much bitter, bitter. And you think about it yeah. now, you yeah. know. Well, like I said, you know, shout out to him because he's the one who actually – made me think of that and that's that's a great great point yeah i'm glad you brought that up that's interesting i'm gonna call an audible here real quick something else that i kind of noticed just um in the last handful of months um i was reading the book pet cemetery around the time that the remake which absolutely none of you should go see or bother with because (laughs) it sucks came out yeah and kind of more or less to overcome a certain childhood fear i had of the original movie it's like no i'm gonna get through it i'm gonna read this book hey michael do you know yeah. a movie that should have seen instead? Ruining my point, a, <laughs> a movie by Brent, uh, by Brent freaking Lowry. That's what they should have seen. What? What, Brent? Tell me. Suspiria. We'll get to that later. All right, go ahead. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, absolutely, definitely see Suspiria. He's right. <laughs> also, see that other movie that I mentioned about him ruining my point. It's good. <laughs> it's good yarn. Three hours. Anyway, um, oh yeah, Pet Cemetery. Uh, But something I'd never really thought of and kind of noticed while reading that was part of the way that, for example, Stephen King and a lot of horror in general gets away with technically having what you might call tragic endings in the long run is they make the main characters just a little bit dislikable, sometimes overtly, like think Friday the 13th, something like that. Yeah. But like in the case of like, you know, uh, Pet Cemetery, like I said, it's kind of a great example, you know. It's not that they're it's not that the, you know, main character is a bad guy necessarily, but there's just enough of an edge about him that there's something about him that's a little bit dislikable. And it's like I think there's a certain art in writing characters that are, you know, like making them just a little bit dislikable because that makes it easier to stomach when it mm-hmm. comes to fantasy. I mean not not fantasy, sorry. Uh when it comes to tragedy and that's you know, when you actually kind of break this down, this is more pure tragedy, where oh no, you do like these characters, and bad things are going to happen to them. And again, could it have been that big of a surprise? How did the first season end, or the first book? You know, it killed the main character, so here we are. Yeah, Red Wedding all the way through, but, you know. But
0: at the same time, if a lot of people, it seems that they didn't, but if a lot of people paid attention to the show, and yeah. I guess the books too, all these characters are very but shades of gray. I mean... I, I wouldn't really classify anyone in the show that's just, I mean, there's 100% definitely the characters that are straight
1: up 100,000% evil, but yeah. yes, there's like, even the characters that are good have that little bit of edge to them, which sure. I think we've talked about, you know, a little before. It's like there's nobody who's just like a squeaky, clean, like, oh no, you know, valiant, good hero, not a bad thing to say about him. The closest you have to that probably is Ned, and even Ned's not fully that, but, yeah. you know, but I mean, But as I said, you know, and I mean, that's the thing. And that's what I think a lot of people couldn't really grasp. It's like this was a tragedy. It was a proper tragedy, a Shakespearean, you know, and Greek level tragedy. And that's, you know, and even it had its bittersweet, you know, the bittersweet parts to it. But that's, you know, like I said, what I think a big part of it that people need to remember. And I think that's why a lot of people had kind of a bad reaction. Um, Worth noting, I just thought this was kind of something we should point out. Just a small list of other masterpieces that, judging by the reaction to this, people absolutely wouldn't like if they read them, despite <laughs> what they all say. Because I guarantee, if you ask like, a whole lot of these people, like, "Oh, what do you think of Shakespeare?" "Oh, oh, he's, oh, he's awesome." "Okay, cool. What do you, what did, what did you think of *Oedipus Rex*? Uh, *Antigone*? Oh, oh, masterpiece, wonderful, right? No, you didn't. You didn't think that because you've never read them. Because if you had, you would have had the exact same reaction you had to this. Because, <laughs> like, you know those are straight up tragedies. A lot of Shakespeare, you know, you have Romeo and Juliet. Look at what happens to Romeo and Juliet. That's straight up tragedy. Uh, you have King Lear. You have Macbeth. Macbeth is actually, it was kind of interesting because I remember seeing somebody who wrote like a big old long wall of text on Reddit explaining like how the show messed up Shakespearean tragedy. And they sort of used Macbeth as an example. And it's like, Macbeth is practically Danny. You idiot like yeah. it was just so far like it was somebody who didn't know enough to actually know enough who was you know had a lot to say on it and it was just like they were just saying you know they were actually like inadvertently making like the point i'm making now by being so wrong about what they thought they knew like mm-hmm. it just, and you know like i said just talking you know with shakespeare and everything it's like no a lot of these are very you know they're tragedies and you know they're unsatisfying. And as it turns out, that's what tragedy is supposed to be. It's supposed to make you sad. You know? It's supposed to make you unhappy about what happens to the main characters. Like that it's bittersweet is kind of the only thing that, you know, makes it palatable to some degree. Sure. Uh if you have anything, I guess, to say about
0: that, you well, know. Well, I mean that's just ahead. that's Let's... just the key to any kind of dramatic storytelling i mean I, I don't know what people thought they were getting into when they started watching game of thrones and yeah especially when again particularly like you said when we go through like the list of like well what happened to all these other people oh okay. yeah yeah well it's just gonna go swimmingly did you, did you really make it through season one and think that yeah this is going to be like a you know a typical mm-hmm. g-rated fantasy everyone well, lives happily
1: ever after ending i mean I, I don't get it and that's actually a good springing point um because i sat down you know had. A lot of time to think about this because I was bored I guess and I kind of broke it down into what I think are kind of the subsets of the fandom and these are not just the fandom period but the subsets of the fandom that are unhappy with it and going to kind of just work through those real quick if you don't mind um, the first set and I gave them a little bit of an interesting name here uh, I think you'll enjoy this I called them, and I quote, the incest Disney ending types. <laughs> the people that full on believed we were just going to get a nice incestuous romance that ends with John and Danny sharing the throne. I hell, I don't know. Maybe they'll make another Iron Throne, put it next to the throne, you know, but live happily ever together in incestuous harmony and have lots of little incest babies and blah, blah, blah. He freaking, you know. Like yeah. just full blown expected a Disney ending, as you just kind of commented on. I don't know what to say for those people other than they weren't paying attention because like <laughs> that, that was that was never on the table. That was not this show. As soon as you figure out that John and Danny are related, it's like that should be a very light other, level moment. There's other little baby
0: dragons around her on the throne and everybody's cheering and
1: <laughs> yeah. And stupid rodents with wings fly down and drop <laughs> rose petals some other i don't know it's been a while since i've seen disney yes uh, uh, yeah during their
0: wedding as they kiss the dragon ends fly with the michael bolton
1: song <laughs> <laughs> been a beautiful thing there yeah incest dragons well michael Sandra bolton die well that'd be a virgin. but yeah um that so that kind of leads me to my second type and so well sorry circling back to that for a second but as I mentioned, the people who, for whatever reason, believed that, and a surprising amount of them did, those people were never going to be happy. Never. Because, yeah. you know, if you really thought that's what you were getting, this is all just going to pay all of that? Yep. Sorry. Yeah. But anyway, that brings me along to my second um, group, uh, which I described it as the team sports mentality types. And... If you kinda of look back over the years, whether it's online commentary, or just people you talk to who watch it, there were a significant amount of people who just they pick a character early on and this guy goes this especially goes back to what you're saying about Shades of Grey. Nobody being fully good or fully bad. That's that's intentional. That's so you sort of look at it as an ensemble and not as, Oh, I get it, this guy's the protagonist or this chick's the main, you know, character or XYZ. I think you understand yep. my point. And the people with the team sports mentality had the very bad habit of, like, early on, they just decide, you know what? Screw it. I'm Team Danny. I'm Team John. <laughs> I'm Team Stannis. You Those were f- hashtags. Yeah. I'm Team Stannis. You idiots. All of you. You idiots. I'm, eh, I don't know. Let's pick some A couple people out there. Team Jamie. I'm sure it was some very- site. I'm sure some psychopath was Team Bolton, but I never met one. Thankfully, um, <laughs> Team Ramsey. Yeah, um, it was very, uh, it was very much. I would classify
0: it as the Twilight fan base.
1: Uh, yeah, actually, that's probably about on the nose. But that same mentality, like you said, hashtag. God forgive me. I hate that I know this. hashtag Team Edward and hashtag Team Jacob. <laughs> Two hashtags you threw out there a lot. I threw up in my mouth a little just now. Um, (laughs) Anyway, like I I sincerely hate that I know that. But anyway. But as I was saying to that point, um, and that's another one of those things where, again, if you hang up on it and you just kind of decide you're all in on Stark, you're all in on Lannister, you're all in that surely there was somebody. I know one guy. Or Uh, even a couple of weirdos that I met that were all in on Littlefinger, um, (laughs) which that one always kind of creeped me out because it's like if you seriously like this is your not this is your favorite character, like most entertaining, but like, this is the guy who you see yourself as in your own real life. That's please, dear I, God get therapy, but so to find many a new years in therapy. Yeah. yeah. Cause you're evil anyway. Point is, but, <laughs> but I do remember like a significant amount of people, like when he died kind of bitching about that. And it was just like, Oh, but there goes the last character who plays the game. Uh, blah. And it's like, again, Joe <laughs> ain't finished yet. Let's see how oh, it goes. No.
0: Wait a minute! Did somebody really say that's the last character that's that is the
1: game? <laughs> that's a quote. That is a quote. Did they put? Did they put dot dot dot
0: of Thrones?
1: <laughs> no. He said, okay. uh, but it's it's the people that basically kind of hung up. I mean, to a degree, they also hung up on the intrigue and kind of okay, yes. One, there's more intrigue coming as it turned out, and two, there's more to this than just intrigue. You do have yeah. a big, you know, legion of ice demons and zombies to deal with but whatever anyway you get my point um sorry minor pause there for a water break um but that's all i was saying i mean just with those people you know if you just decided at some point like again and danny is a perfect example of this like oh i'm team danny okay you're especially gonna be unhappy yeah and a lot of them were and you know i have i swear to you dude i saw some people on twitter that like We're working on two months after this at this point, and they were still, every single day, something that was complaining about the creators of the show. They had just gone full freaking misery about it. When I say misery, that's not just what they constantly live in, which is why they spend all day doing that, but misery as in the Stephen King novel and Rob Reiner movie about the (laughs) crazed fan. Like These people are probably a threat to the creators like yeah. it's that level of are you freaking kidding me but like i said if you went all in on somebody that's probably how you're gonna feel you know uh, hey, pay uh, it got me to a degree because it's like the person that i sort of you know struck chord most of me was john and mm-hmm. you know ultimately he gets you know like we said he lost a crown but he won his freedom but it's like Yeah, that was jarring for me at first. You know, and we all have a little bit of that in us regardless. But sorry, go ahead. His ending was really, really
0: sad. Yeah. I mean, but I got it. But it was, it was once again Mm -hmm. very, very, very bittersweet. I mean,
1: and I mean, ultimately, yes, he gets what he really wanted, but how he had to get there, not fun. You know, but, um, but anyway, uh, I could rant about that for 17 hours, but let's not. Um, I'll move along to my other little group of fans, which is the, um, this is my favorite one. I find a lot of these and it's interesting. Uh, I have a handful of friends that like majored in, well, they didn't just major in literature. Like they went on with it. Like, you know, masters in literature, PhD in literature, this, that, and the other. Yeah. And there's a certain amount of psychosis that seems to be brought up in some of them. Not all of them. I'm sure. Just, I don't know the three or four I know. Apparently, who will look at you and seriously explain to you how much better a story would have been if you just had had this deeply unsatisfying non-ending. And there are people that straight up wanted that. Like, go to Reddit, you'll find them. Go to Twitter, Mm -hmm. you'll find them. The people, they wanted John to be nobody. They wanted Danny not to get to the throne. Well, lucky for them, they wanted everyone to die you know, just oh yeah, no, the walkers will just kill everybody, or you know, oh, you know, it'd be great. It's like Cersei one or, or or Littlefinger, or blah blah blah. And it's like, well, what do you? It's just like, what do you people? Wow, you must never be happy because everything must suck because nothing would be dumb enough to do that. But anyway, sorry, go ahead.
0: But it seems like that would have that would have made people even more furious. But I can I can in a way see where they're coming from.
1: To an extent, I mean, I've I'm, I'm always to drive over there and strangle you with your microphone cord. Well, I oh mean, my with, God.
0: with no, 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 with not, not with this, but with mm. with films in particular, I I do enjoy this type of ending sometimes.
1: um With the, give me show, a deep, a, a truly deeply unsatisfying non-ending ending. By all means, kick one out because I don't know that I've ever actually seen one.
0: Um, No Country for Old Men is a similar one. <laughs> that doesn't
1: count. <laughs> Um, that's more abrupt, though. It's not.
0: Well, that's true. That's true.
1: I um, mean, I see what you mean, but it's like still everything is like all the boxes are checked, you know.
0: I think everything comes to a um, conclusion. I'm maybe kind of tying in the whole cut
1: to black with non ending, and maybe that's not fair. Um, okay, yeah, I'm definitely not speaking of like the Sopranos ending. Like, okay, okay I'm okay, speaking okay. of like I'll give you a perfect example. And evil wins. I mean, so, no, even worse. Uh, In advance, I'll apologize to the audience, and I'll apologize to you. We're going to talk about Blade Runner 2049 for a second. I had about a 30-minute long argument over that movie with, um, so did I. I Saw it with you. Yeah. And literally, that's easily for me like one of the top five, maybe one of the top three movies the last 20 years, maybe longer. So for what it's worth, I I give that my full ringing endorsement. I think you do too. Oh, absolutely. That said, I had about a 30-minute-long argument around Thanksgiving or Christmas, somewhere around then at that time. A friend of mine came into town and in tow was his ex. Um, I did not particularly see eye-to-eye with his ex, you could say. And (laughs) his ex was a... And I know this because she broke it out trying to win the argument. And I was sitting there thinking, oh, look at me, a lowly person with a screenwriting I belt, and I don't even have to bring it out to win an argument. Can I just quickly
0: say I love this image of you at the Thanksgiving table arguing with one of your brothers or
1: friends' exes or something, or <laughs> our girlfriends at the time. Yeah, we were in the living room. Anyway, but <laughs> she basically described she was basically complaining and like running down Blader in twenty forty nine, and uh, I'll give for you. It's more paraphrasing, but basically this is what she wanted to happen. Uh, sorry. Quick warning for anybody. Y'all might want to skip ahead a little bit because I'm about to spoil the hell out the ending of Blade Runner 2049. Love the way it ended. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ultimately, what she wanted to have happened was that the baby actually did die and was nobody. It wasn't the woman who it turned out to be. You know, it wasn't Ryan Gosling anyway, so that didn't really factor in. But she wanted the woman to be nobody. She wanted the baby to have just died. She wanted nothing really to resolve involving, uh, you know, just the overall story and like the central mystery of the story. She just wanted it to not resolve. Like, so, oh, the baby just died and that was nothing. And here was your three hours for just, eh, I don't know. So, so she wanted she wanted real life as opposed to a movie <laughs> or potential, yeah. Kinda. And I just looked at her and I said, and I think that was my exact quote, I said, so to clarify what you wanted was a deeply unsatisfying non-ending where you just waste about two hours and 49 minutes of the entire audience's time just so old Harrison Ford or old Decker could find out by the way, uh, your kid died, I guess. Anyway, sorry, back to Vegas with you. (laughs) that's black. what you wanted that's what you think would have been a satisfying ending that's what you think people wanted and that's when she started yelling about goalposts moving and blah 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 and started you know pulling out her diplomas and showing me how she was smarter than me and this that and the other and i was just sitting there thinking to myself cool i've got one in screenwriting and i still just thoroughly kicked your ass in an argument but right whatever yeah yeah you go you phd in genre study good luck getting a job dumbass other than that, I have a strong opinion on the matter, but I hope she hears this somehow. Anyway. I do, too. I don't like you, uh, woman. Anyway, and again, and I stress this, she's my friend's ex, so, yeah, tell yeah. her. But yeah. that said, that What's was... What's her name? Uh, we're not getting there, but also, I don't even remember. point of the matter was she wanted, like I said, a deeply unsatisfying non-ending, and yeah. it's just like okay, it's funny to me that you're going to school, first of all, technically to learn how to tell stories anyway, because that's something you really, either you kind of have it in you or you don't. But on top of that, that your takeaway of what is the best story is the non-story, where nothing yep. goes anywhere. And Which we
0: think a lot of people that are complaining about Game of Thrones wanted for some weird reason.
1: It's a subset, but yes, there were people that, you know, like I said, wouldn't it be great if Danny never made it to Westeros? Wouldn't it be great if Jon was this person but never found out and died. Wouldn't it be great if John was this person and or wasn't this person at all and it was all just nothing and he just died? Wouldn't it be great if blah 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 and it's like, no, that would all be deeply unsatisfying. Those people were gonna be unhappy. You know again, not only this, but no show is ever going to end like that. So congratulations. Well I think Um, it definitely um it definitely kind of encapsulates the next
0: point that we had which was the full-on tragedy types yes um which we kind of already covered with
1: eh, to i guess degree. it's
0: satisfying but yeah.
1: i mean the people who actually yeah i guess we get to kind of trample over it but i mean you know the people who i suppose wanted i guess their ideal version is john dies and danny dies or because john kills danny john dies you know yeah and okay, well, those people weren't going to be. And I mean, granted, there's other, there's 50 other possible versions of full-on tragedy here that you would have gotten, which not a bittersweet ending, but a bitter bitter, not a non-ending. Just it was a bad, you know, nothing good happened to anybody. Tyrion died, John died, they all died, they're all dead. The end. Yeah. Okay, you know, that's a little bit the Team Walker type. That's a little bit, you know, whatever. And you know, again, well, eh. <laughs> Did you say team walker? I just, that's funny. I, 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 <laughs> my friend Rick, that's what he's claimed he was from day one. He's team Rick, walker. So uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's great. Yeah, shout out to Rick, who's probably not going to listen to this, but we'll see. Come on, Rick. I'll send it to him and be like, hey, listen to this for yeah. me, man. Listen for to me. Rick. Anyway, having said all that, uh, like I said, he's. He's <laughs> a team hodor. My eyes twitching. Um, I'm sure, to, uh, surely somewhere out there there was one, but never mind yeah. that. But yeah, but, but like I said, don't be wrong. The full, even the full tragedy aspect would have been better than the like the deeply unsatisfying non-ending. But yeah. again, you know, Martin has always said bittersweet, 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 bittersweet. He said it till he's blue in the face and still people were there were there was a group of people out there banking on now it's going to be terrible and everybody's going to die and it's like nope, that's that's not what's coming which actually that leads me to my personal favorite version of the subset and by personal favorite i mean um, if i think about it hard enough i can actually feel my blood pressure rising I can <laughs> look down at my apple watch here and just see it suddenly just start to anyway which is the head headcanon-riddled conspiracy theorists. <laughs> Michael,
0: you don't realize how much joy it would bring me to sometimes text you and be like, well, I read it, read it that would have... <laughs> the, the, the the one that I remember last saying is the one where it's like, well, uh, Danny's not really dead because <sighs> her, her dragon took her to the other
1: priest priestess. Her dragon ate her. Her <laughs> dragon ate her. He yeah. got hungry and was like, "eh." Well, let me let me ask That's you this: what, jam- no. give
0: us give us the number one theory that you Actually, read that made me- you cringe?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> number one.
0: <laughs> well, we can't. We
1: don't have time for all shit. Fifty. I <laughs> <50? laughs> think there's yeah. just fifty. Yeah. You don't know this fan base, son. Yeah. Uh, let me first just kind of establish what a headcanon-riddled conspiracy theorist is in the Song of Ice and Fire Game of Thrones community. If you go on Reddit, which I don't recommend you do, <laughs> but if you decide to, you know, you just really want to kill a couple hours and hate yourself, yeah. go right ahead. Possibly go to our A Song of Ice and Fire or any of the other mini Game of Thrones you know dedicated subreddits and you will find people and I'm not making it up when I say there are these people out there who have probably written more words on the subject of what they think is going to happen in Game of Thrones than Martin himself has written in the actual canon series yeah and usually they're so like psychotically and wildly off the mark <laughs> that you're just looking at it just like, I, how could you get here? How could you arrive at this? You've read this story, right? How? Mm. How have you read the story and come away with this? And I will say 90% of it, in my opinion, is people who... You have to kind of look all the way back to a glorious time before the internet was widespread. Let's say 96-ish. When, for example, if people were reading the book and they figured out who John was. Oh, ah, I get it. John's actually this person. And they went on about their lives. Mm-hmm. There was no forum to go to, to tell anybody, to bring <laughs> it up, you know, to do whatever. There was nobody to read it and go, you know, I think Danny's the villain, you know, and suddenly here, just for uh, sound effects reasons, let's see, hang on just one moment. And nobody to go and for sound effects reasons, just. And let me tell everybody, oh, my God, I figured out the series. And tell the entire world what they had figured out, yeah. you know, maybe one in 100 caught something, maybe less, maybe more. And, yeah, they moved on and then came the Internet and then came social media and then came. Well, now everybody knows, you know, about the theory out there that John is which it's not theory anymore. It's, it's fact, but well, it's fact for fictional story. But, you know, and then comes the theory, you know, that John is the, you know, son of Rhaegar and Lyanna or whatever. And the people are like, nah, it's too easy. It's too conventional. Well, i tell you what I think happened. And you have, you know, several other candidates in the minds of some of these people. Some of who to this day, if you want to go over there and start fights with them about it, <laughs> which maybe sometimes I do because I get bored and I like me a good online the um, uh, Anonymous bitch fight. Ah, and they're just so easy to wind up. It's 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 beautiful. Yeah, It's my little chance to play heel. Anyway, um, some of them are still completely married to the idea that, nope, that's not what Martin's going to do. Nope, he's absolutely not that. Um, I have seen people go so far as to try to change the meaning of English words to argue their perspective. <laughs> I wish I were making that up. But I'm not, oh, I've seen it like where there's something about it. It was it was a Rolling Stone interview where the subject of you know the famous quote unquote dinner that Martin had with the showrunners, uh being Benielsen, or Ben Allison Wise, where after you know they ate, they drank, they made merry, blah, blah blah, and at the end he's like, so anyway, who's Jon Snow's mom? And you know they suddenly put him on the spot. And in the interview, they ask, you know, and when you ask them that, what do they say? And he said, they answered correctly. I remember this specific imbecile saying, well, just because he said they answered correctly, that doesn't mean that they necessarily gave the correct answer.
0: Yeah, that's the type of person that shouldn't have a driver's license.
1: I'm pretty sure I screenshotted that and sent it to you because it's like my mind turned inside out. I was just like... (laughs) Are you really just trying to like move goalposts? Hell like no no no. English words don't mean what they mean. Like <laughs> what what is this? Yeah. This isn't an argument. This is an insane person. <laughs> but that was like my personal like probably high point or low point. Probably low point really, as far as just like I what am I doing here? I'm done. I'm out. Yeah. Like with, with these people, because like that's the kind of thing they would do. But you would ask about some of the crazier theories, so well, uh, I'll kick out five or six just off the top of my head. Um, some are more insane than others, uh, and some are just like, "What? why would you arrive there? Um, one that's kind of always irked me personally, uh, there was one theory that John was the son of Robert uh, Baratheon.
0: Hmm.
1: So first of all, good luck making that make sense in the timeline and second of all so let me get this straight ned went to all this trouble to hide robert's son from robert why (laughs) you know like it never really like he's not darth vader he would have more than gladly accepted his bastard son you know wouldn't have been a big deal you know and the product of you know an affair with somebody that he loved like that that wouldn't have been a problem at all like okay that doesn't make any sense There was another one, and you hear some of these, and it's like, okay, you guys watch too much Star Wars. That was actually one of them, now that I mention it, Mm. was the Danny and John are twins theory. Oh, okay. The whole thing about that, well, there's a couple things, but here's one. Uh, John's about three years older than Danny, Mm. at least in the books. I, I don't, in the show, remember, everybody's kind of like vaguely late teens, early 20s. Yeah, But, you you know, aged up a bit for obvious reasons. But you get the point. Um, But that was one that always threw me because it's just like, okay, so basically a whole bunch of people have been lying to Danny about her actual age and her actual birth and how it all went down and this, that, and the other. Which, that part isn't really what bothers me. But What bothers me is, and they rested all of this on the shoulders of her insane older brother, Viserys Targaryen. Mm-hmm. This is the guy you want to build that lie around. Really? All right. Yeah, sure. What go wrong? <laughs> so that was one of the ones I always thought was especially stupid just because of that. And again, just, you know, like I said, you can just tell that this person's like, got it. You just watched Return of the Jedi and got on Reddit. <laughs> Understood.
0: Yeah. You created an account.
1: Here you but go. But again, you know, like I said, and that's where a lot of this comes from it's that mentality of like, I'm going to try to outthink and outtwist uh, Martin. But, uh, let's see. I'm trying to think if there's any other ones Um, that are especially egregious. A lot of them run together after a point because a lot of them are just variants, like, you know, variants upon variants upon variants of, like, initial stupid theory that just Mm -hmm. turns everything so inside out that you're just like, eh, okay. Um, I think if we really want to get technical, the dumbest theory I have ever heard in my entire life (laughs) was the... you okay over there you know, i was just laughing because i'm just
0: like i cannot wait for this yeah uh,
1: well i hope if you're this,
0: seated if this is the dumbest
1: yeah the time traveling fetus theory
0: <laughs> what okay this i haven't heard this one
1: the time traveling fetus theory uh, okay. oh you haven't heard it who's Rookie. fetus <sighs> It's going to be painful for me to recreate this, but here goes anyway. Well, create it, just Not create it, just having to actually say the words that are about to come out of my mouth yeah. onto a microphone, which then goes out to the internet. Mm-hmm. But here goes. And I don't have much of a filter anyway, so that's that's impressive, but here goes. This is Michael's theory on Game of Thrones. Right. The hell it is, I'll punch <laughs> you. I will fight you. <laughs> Alright, go ahead. Some psychopath or comedic genius, I'm not really sure which because you never really know what's serious and what's not, yeah. at least with some of this crap, conjured up a theory, had something to do with this. Okay, you know how like during the first season, something something only death can pay for life, Drogo's being some kind of witchery or other black magic effery is going on and, you know, Danny loses her baby. You recall this, right? Yes. Okay. The theory is that the fetus didn't die, but was sent back in time about, I don't know, 20-some-odd, 15-some-odd, 30-some-odd years into the womb of Joanna Lannister, the wife of Tywin Lannister, Hmm. which she then gave birth to and died, bringing the world Tyrion Lannister (laughs) and making Tyrion some sort of long-lost Targaryen somehow sent back through time to... So Danny would be Tyrion's mother yeah sure why the hell not <laughs> and again it's one of those where it's like somebody's been watching either this, pers- Who. either this person is a comedic genius the likes of which we will never see as far as satir- like as far as satirical stuff goes and yeah. boy did they just work everybody or it's the dumbest thing i've ever heard in my entire life <laughs> if they meant it, it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life.
0: If, I'd have to, that
1: was comedy. Well, well done. Bravo. Yeah. That sounds I like something.
0: Yeah. That sounds like something that somebody made up praying that somebody would grasp onto it. And I think
1: it won theory of the year in the subreddit. <laughs> so that will tell you something, but, oh, no. <laughs> but the thing is, it's like, even if that person meant it as satire, a large amount of people didn't take it as satire. Which yeah. should terrify you a little and keeps me up at night. Let's um let's talk about uh, one of the other really
0: stupid things that happened. And, and it was the- here comes the blood pressure again. Go ahead, sorry. <laughs> and it was a good chunk of the people that we just talked about. The people that, you know, weren't satisfied with the ending, hated season eight, blah blah blah. But people that actually had the gall to go online and create a petition asking HBO to redo season eight. The
1: gall. The gall of these entitled, <laughs> these stupid sons of, <laughs> these evil, little monstrous. I, I don't disagree that they would <laughs> sit down and write out a <laughs> petition <laughs> that specifically is going to tell. A TV station to go back and do it over. That's <laughs> the balls on these imbeciles, these yeah. f-ing freaks. <laughs> Are you kidding me? My God! Yeah. And you know what's worse? I actually know somebody who signed it.
0: Oh no, I'm gonna have to use the uh, the bleep button there quite a bit. But
1: who signed it? I think I think we should know who it is. I don't. I'm not gonna give their name in interest of not being. Punched by their boyfriend, but <laughs> I loved. That'd, what, that'd I have the first to tell the story because I loved what he said to it yeah. when she announced to him that um that she had signed it. He saw I'm the leaving. petition. He he thought it was pretty stupid. Um, he might add some choice words for it, like several of the ones that I suspect Brent will be getting <laughs> a lot of use out of that bleep button on. Yeah, and then he went and mentioned it to her, and she's like, "Oh, yeah, I signed it," <laughs> and. He was like, "I think it almost ended the relationship." He was like, "Wait, what? (laughs) What do you mean you signed it?" She's like, "Well, I mean, it was just there. It was just easy." And he was. My favorite point. I think he actually said, "Yeah, you know who else said that? (laughs) The people living in Germany." (laughs) Oh, Hitler! (laughs) Hitler was in charge. That's the kind of people. Oh no! That's the kind of people who said that. Oh. How does that make you feel? I don't know if he should have related it it to that.
0: (laughs) I didn't. He did. Yeah, no, no, that's what I'm saying. I don't think he should.
1: But the thing is, at the same time, kind of just his mentality is it's like just complete and total, like just, nope, go right along with the crowd. There's probably more that could be said about the petition, but I'd like to at least see age 60, and I feel like if we keep on with it, I might not see age 40. So uh, I'll just um,
0: just say that I thought it was disrespectful. I thought it was unbelievably unrealistic. I mean, just so... Stupid that somebody would actually sign this and think that they would do that. I mean, oh yeah, screw the 60, 70, 80 million dollars we put into those eight episodes or whatever. And again, just like uh, the amount of
1: time it. spent, you know, and just the amount of time spent filming, you know, for oh, everybody. Yeah, just, oh yeah, no, you guys just fly back over and do that again. You know, like yeah. 48 nights of night shoots, blah blah blah. You know, well, and here's the other
0: thing. It didn't need to be remade, it was perfectly fine the way it was. Screw those people. I mean just uh, the, the these are the exact type of people that i try to avoid in everyday it's life
1: it's the definition of toxic fandom yeah it is it's exactly like so stupid yeah and i mean and i hate to say it but you know with the kind of with the onset of social media you get a lot more talking fandom now you know people do oh, this yeah. kind of crap for yeah. a lot of stuff and i i want to point out something that this actually jarred my memory about there was sort of like a weird attempt at this over The Last Jedi, we won't get into how we feel about Last Jedi right now, whether you liked it, whether you hated it, whatever. Just just recognize. I
0: remember that petition.
1: And my favorite thing about it was Seth Rogen just like totally just kind of called the dude out. Like it didn't catch fire the way this did. And was just kind of like right, so honest question here, how exactly do you plan to go about this? (laughs) And just kind of kept trying to get the guy to answer and it's like he gave just like vague non-answers because obviously he had no friggin' idea what he was going to do or how it was going to happen yeah but it's like this reminded me of that but the only difference is it's like this time enough morons actually thought yeah that sounds great let's go with that and i was just like wow okay Um, it was
0: ridiculous so i don't know i think you said probably all we could say about that without actually start
1: naming people (laughs) probably more than needs to be said uh one final point on it um which i did think was funny the person who actually put the petition together did get mm-hmm. uniformly attacked by a lot of people, and then sort of tried to like play the victim card. And it's like it seemed like he never really got what it was that pissed people off. Yeah, which yeah. I mean, of course he didn't because he did this. If he had the you know capability figured out, he wouldn't have done it in the first place. But yeah, there we are. Um, yeah. Regarding the petition, that actually kind of jarred my memory of something, and I definitely sent this to you like the second I saw it, and I'm certainly not gonna give the name of the person who. Said it. Uh, But, you know, Brent, I think maybe we, you know, uh, sometimes they say a picture is worth a thousand words. In this case, the audio would be worth all the words. So... Why don't we throw to this? Can I ask you about the last uh, episode of Game of Thrones? What, oh, sorry? Can, can I ask you about the last episode? Did you see it? That you ask this guy. He knows more about a I do. No, what that nothing. Um, I honestly wait. thought the writers of the show completely lost the vision of what the novels set out to do and what George R. R. Martin set out to do. Yeah. And I think they missed the point of yeah. why there was that oh. instability sorry. and chaos. Sorry. Uh, Will it, will it be a remake, you think? What's that? Will it be a remake? Yeah. Will it be a remake of the Game of Thrones. I don't think so. I, I, I wouldn't bet
0: on. Yeah, I think um I think the guy's a pretty good spokesperson for everything that we hate about
1: Reddit. He's a spokesperson for a lot of what about what I just hate about people in general, but <laughs> Uh, I mean, as we cover the, and it's funny to me because for whatever reason, it seems like Nikolaj Coster Waldau. I don't know why it is that he's the one that attracts all these freaks. But it seems like every time I turn around, he's the one who is getting accosted, you know, by the fan. Like there's a video of him specifically. You yeah, know, like nobody runs up to Kit Harrington, Nobody ever sees Amelia Clark. I guess she's probably good at that. I don't know. You know, you don't you don't see somebody running up to Sansa and whichever Jonas brother she's married to, I think, or whatever. <laughs> Arya would probably knife him, which would be great. But <laughs> yeah, they actually. But, but who do they pick? But yeah. but poor Nikolaj Coster waldell otherwise known as Jamie. And I mean, just to me, it just kind of particularly like hand in hand with the petition. You all talk f- fan entitlement. Walking up to a guy, getting a while coffee. he's getting yeah, getting his coffee in an airport and just not hey big fan you know whatever playing it off you know being subtle about it but i'm going to go over and i'm going to tell you everything i hate about the show that you <laughs> just spent 9 years making that's uh, that's my level of entitlement you know yeah, some, and not there's only that wrong but wrong yeah. with the guy there has to be i mean i don't know and it's also i, I don't know it, it's kind of beautiful because it's like as you have that happening then then there comes this imbecile with the camera to do the same thing and he just kind of like you know so deftly like plays them into each other and then just runs and it's like yeah uh it was like well well yeah. played there Nikolash, or however the hell you pronounce your name anyway but uh, that, not much I'll say about that one I just it's a
0: good example for sure it,
1: yeah and I mean like I said as y'all have heard the audio speaks for itself I mean mm. just just to know that there's two people out there that have the gall to do this and mm. Probably way more than two. That that's just kind of a perfect encapsulation of it. But um, that actually moves me along. Speaking of entitlement, to just some of what I've seen as far as like the links people have gone to like convince themselves, you know, that like the cast hates the creators or some of the other things. <laughs> And I mean, like even that particular video. Like I said, I don't want to give the name of it. I, I don't want to give that person any kind of press. You know, yes, we yeah. played the audio. That's fine. But that person deserves nothing but like the thumbs down, and they don't even deserve that. Just mm-hmm. tell the guy. But just the links people have gone to to try to convince themselves, like, oh no, the actors hated it too. You know, the, they hated. You know, they hated this and they hated that, and and he's another one. You know, his name always comes up. He is always the one that they bring up and they try, you know, because of something you said, and it's like, it's a collaboration. Sure, he maybe he had a difference of opinion, but it's like every time you see something or a video or whatever, it's like it's always these cuts of like out-of-context remarks made on the interviews that, yeah, when strung together, it makes it look like just everybody just hated everything. But if you actually go and you read the interviews or you watch the clips, it usually always ultimately... Winds its way around, but yeah, no, I you know, ultimately they made the right call. I really enjoy what we did this season, Yeah, you know, I'm really proud of my work, and that's the part that gets left on the cutting room floor, which yeah. kind of drives me nuts. But I don't know, uh, i will just do you um, have any further thoughts on that? Sorry, guys,
0: well, yeah, but I, I did want to cut in real quick and just say I'm really happy to report that the video that we were talking about and that you guys heard has 741 uh thumbs down and 46 thumbs up, so that makes people okay. a little better, no?
1: Well, just <laughs> For the record, 46 of you are a- <laughs> One more use of your bleep button for you, buddy. Um, yeah. Mm. The rest of
0: you, heroes. All of you. I think any any TV show, you know, especially a long-running TV show with actors and, you know, actresses, and it's, yeah. they're always going to have, you know, maybe a difference of opinion about something. But I, I can pretty mm. safely say that, at least in my opinion... From everything that i've read and heard and in interviews or whatever yeah everyone is very grateful to have been in that show they were sad to see the show end i mean you can watch any of the raps at the end of the final season people just crying their eyes out and and, and you have the you know the documentary itself you know yeah the, uh, which uh, i came which you know a week after I still yeah. need to watch that by the way because i really want to check it out I just haven't had time
1: yeah it, it's interesting um spoiler alert on a documentary about a show you've already watched but like to see like kit harrington like i did see that yeah yeah he didn't know <laughs> yeah and he's reading the script and like while he's reading the script discovers oh oh god i yeah. have killed danny oh god yeah. you know just to see his reaction like at the table read is just like tearing off like just is super much. powerful mm-hmm. well and you know and like amelia clark like looking over at him just kind of nodding like kind of like a smile on her face but like a pain smile like you know but like yeah it's 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 a beautiful moment anyway Mm -hmm. um watch that documentary if y'all haven't those of you who are listening to this like for the life of me i cannot think of the name of it right now but it's literally right at the end of season eight like on hbo go it's easy to find so yeah um one thing i do want to say just a final thought on nicolaj Coster Waldow. And I, just, I,
0: sorry, it's uh, Game of Thrones: The Last Watch. Uh,
1: okay, there we go.
0: There you go.
1: I plugged it. <laughs> watch, watch that, everybody, if you haven't.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um. But one thing, last thing I want to say about Nikolaj koster Waldow. Um. And again, yeah. this is one of those cases where I have a theory that I hope God I'm wrong about, but I can see this kind of stuff like slowly turning him into like the Alec Guinness of Game of Thrones. Uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but, you know, Alec Guinness, you know, he played Obi-Wan Kenobi in Mm. the original trilogy and famously hated being associated with Star Wars because, you know, I mean, he had, you know, quite the litany of other movies under his belt and, you know, was very proud of his... Stage actor and everything. Yeah, yeah, and and was very proud of his, you know, work, you know, his quote-unquote real work in real movies as a real actor. Yeah. And, um... (laughs) But, yeah... Uh, to the point that I remember there was a story where like a kid approached him once and told him he'd seen the movie like over a hundred times or something. He's like, Oh, okay, that's nice. Do me a favor, kid. Never watch that movie ever again. <laughs> I don't think it went quite so dour as maybe I made it sound just now, but yeah, creative license. Yeah. Uh, but there's a part of me that sort of sees, you know, uh, eh. Costar Waldow or whatever the hell is it. There's a part of me that unfortunately sees him possibly becoming, you know, like the guy who, like, you walk up to him and you start to say the words Game of Thrones, he just hands you twenty dollars. Like, don't say it. Go get on my (laughs) side. Like because, you know, like I said, just the weird sort of, like, that he's sort of become, like, the poster child for, oh, no, no, the actors hate him, and also just that he keeps getting approached by creeps like the ones in the aforementioned video. So, I hope that's not how things go for him, but I suspect it might. Um, in the meantime, though... Uh, it's kind of like Jake Lloyd, uh, you know, Anakin Skywalker in episode fell, one.
0: That's pretty much what he he's become.
1: So. Yeah, he fell to the dark side. Yeah. <laughs> It was bound to happen. Uh, but yeah, uh, and actually in some late breaking news uh, about the uh, San Diego Comic-Con 2019.
0: Yes. This uh, happened like an hour yeah. before we started uh, recording.
1: Yeah, like literally I just happened to open, you know, like my news feed and boom, there it was. Um, apparently, you know, really going to go out there and face the music. Uh, the showrunners, uh, <clears throat> it's again David Benioff, Dan Weiss were going to show up at a panel for Game of Thrones for the San Diego Comic-Con 2019, which is going on currently, I believe. And at the last minute, they pulled out uh, them, uh, Ian Glenn, who played Jorah Mormont, Natalie Emanuel, who played Missandei, and the director, Miguel Sapochnik, who is responsible for I think I can name him off the top of my head. I know he did the battles, uh, the Battle of the Bastards episode. Um, pretty sure he did the uh, Spoils of War. That's the one with the aforementioned, you know, Danny and the Dothraki curb stomping the Lannisters. Uh, and he definitely did the Long Night and the Bells. Um, there's probably more that Oh, he also did Hard Home. I think that was his first like big, you know, introduction. Okay, this guy can handle this stuff well. Yeah. So, you know, one of the bigger directors, a couple of cast members, and, you know, the the creators of the show pulled out at the last moment. And I'm sure there's lots of people over on Reddit right now speculating on why. I hadn't bothered with it today because, you know, I was busy and have a life and a job and all that kind of stuff. But, um... (sighs) Like, my rational sane theory on all this might have something to do with, eh, here there's this little project they have coming up. What is it again? Oh, wait, that's right, a Star Wars trilogy. Yeah. So probably they're just busy with that, and that's all there is to it. But look at the fan base we're dealing with. So you know how this is going to go. Like, there's going to be every possible story tied to every possible thing, you know, something, something, literally Hitler, the Illuminati, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But I have to say, after seeing some of the entitled and just outright psychotic rants, be they on uh, Reddit, be they on Twitter, even stuff where they went so far as to, like, you know, hatch conspiracy theories about, like, why Benioff changed his name. His name's actually Friedman. And the reason he changed it, because I hope you're sitting down, there's a lot of guys out there named David Friedman. There ain't a lot out there, particularly writers named David Benioff. But, like, to make a big deal out of that, to, like, try and say something about, oh, his father, he uh, he worked for Goldman Sachs. You know, like, just to turn it into this big conspiracy theory. I even saw somebody go so far as to, like, try to call for, like, a witch hunt to, like, hashtag me to him. I'm dead freaking serious. I've seen that on more than one occasion. Think about uh, it. That's, that's actually happened, yeah, to other Think, people. So. I know, and I, I, I sent you the screenshots. Scary. Think about the links you have to like the kind of nuts you have to be that this is what you spend your free time doing.
0: That's the downfall of social media. Yeah.
1: Yeah. If there ever was an upswing, but yeah, oh, yeah, that's true. So it's like, I'd like to believe that the reason they're not there is because they're off making or, you know, in the process of creating three awesome star Wars movies that we're all just really going to enjoy. I bet I'm, I'm sure you and I probably I'm... will. Yep. they the last Jedi. That's for damn sure. No, but, God roast sucks. Uh, Go Monster. Anyway, I um, bet they got.
0: I bet they pro. I bet we will find out that they got actual death threats or something.
1: I was gonna say that's (laughs) the thing that that's what I hate to say. It's like that's what I'm half afraid of that you might would have had you know some psycho on of the spectrum. Yeah, or. Pick a character of your choice, yeah. perhaps one of those from the Planet of the Apes, maybe Chewbacca, maybe, maybe a character from Pirates of Darkwater, maybe some guy dresses. Vader would have just thrown a toy lightsaber at him, and started screaming. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, I could see that being the case. That's how, that's it how surprise sad me it yes is. If literally, like, it was a matter of safety, and just we're not sure what's going to happen. You don't know what kind of people are going to show up here. You never know with these freaks. It wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> Look, I hope I'm again. I deeply, deeply hope I'm wrong about that. But it I would not surprise me if, like you said, some crazy ass misery, you know, type person had made a death <laughs> threat or two or three, yeah. or an entire Twitter feed of them that lasted for about two months. That you know sh- showed up there with bad intentions or had made the threat to. It would not surprise me. No, and not I, at hate, all. I hate that I have to actually say that, but it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Anyway, um, all that said, um, <laughs> I think we should move to something slightly more positive, which right. I think anything would be more positive at this point, you know. So, but that said, uh, how do you think this show will ultimately be remembered?
0: I think it'll be a show that, I mean, kind of going back to Star Wars, I don't mean to mention that, but star wars was kind of the jumping off point for a lot of other space epics and i hope this is kind of the jumping off point for a lot of other fantasy uh adventure shows like this Think ones that don't for the record brent's never seen
1: star trek apparently
0: anyway continue
1: well no, no. so
0: well by fantasy i mean more of a you know the medieval type of fantasy not not necessarily
1: no, I'm from the looks of what you've got, like coming down the hatch, as far as like Amazon shows go and whatnot. It might be. We've got the Wheel of Time. We've got uh, a Lord of the Rings. Series. The Lord of the Rings, yeah. And I think
0: I think this is the reason for yeah. a lot of those. I think it'll go down as as being we, that uh, we have
1: The Witcher. Worth noting. Yeah, which you really need to get around to frigging playing. It's and only can, one of the best games ever. But yeah, I think sorry. you would probably agree that that show would not exist without Game of Thrones. What The Witcher? Yeah. No, The Witcher would not exist without the game.
0: Well, yeah, but the show maybe would not have been greenlit in potentially, which I'm, you know, you told me the R-rated form that's going to be presented as, if not for the success of Game of Thrones.
1: Uh, you're probably right to a degree, but I mean, Showing that it is it actually, a video game adaptation. Yep. You also have Castlevania, you know, seemingly the yep. first ever successful video game adaptation that people actually like, which also is made by Netflix, so, yep. you know, there, I mean, there's a lot of factors, but yeah, I would imagine Game of Thrones certainly helps.
0: So you know, yeah, I'm yeah. sure it
1: has, I'm sure this, I can already tell from the look of it, it has a budget. Like, they're taking it seriously. Sure. So it might be I, stuff that people disagree with, but it's like, I mean like I said you see the picture of like Henry Cavill it's like okay that dressing him up like that cost a pretty penny so yeah anyway sorry continue
0: I think it'll be I think it'll be remembered as you know that I also think it'll be remembered as and it should be remembered as one of the greatest television series to ever hit tv um a series that rivaled any movie any budget that a movie has as far as you know Drama and effects and just overall storytelling. And mm-hmm. it's it's one of the best times I've ever had following a TV show, keeping up with, enjoying with my wife, having friends to talk about it with. And I'm truly sad that it's over. Totally, right. And um, I think it paid off. It's one of the best ever. And I'm glad I jumped on board early as opposed to, you know, being somebody kind of late with it. You got, like sucked in like a few seasons ago yeah yeah um, I, I jumped on board right at the beginning of season two mm-hmm. so uh yeah I, I think it's one of the best ever 10 out of ten I think it'll live you
1: know it'll be it, it's a timeless series and one thing I will say uh to your point on that I definitely don't think this is a show that was ever meant to be marathoned I know there's a lot of people you know who came in like That's four true. or five seasons late and just like oh yeah I know I killed the you know everything that was left like in the last two weeks like I don't think you'll ever really appreciate it as much if you did that because it is really something that Is like each episode needs to kind of digest. Like yeah. There are Netflix shows where it's almost like you can practically text through a few episodes because it's like, yeah, this is meant to be watched just like in one board Saturday or whatever. And yeah. like Game of Thrones is definitely not like that. Uh, my own personal opinion on how it will be remembered... Um, to a large degree mirrors yours. I think we will have a little bit of the Sopranos effect where there's a lot of people that like might be, you know, bitching and moaning now about it. Mm-hmm. But like if you catch them 10 years down the line and say, "You yeah, know, what did you honestly think about this?" You know, the ending is like, blah, 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 blah Well, I will probably tell you, "You know, I don't think they could have done it any better. Really, yeah. I think it was I think it was perfect." Or <laughs> what happened? I do think that will happen. Um I think it will probably help when you have books that come along that maybe mirror quite a bit of what we saw, and of course, there will still be the insane part of the fandom that will turn on those books and be like, nah, he just copped out, like, copied the show <laughs> because of the show. The yeah. Sucks, <laughs> he's a hack now, <laughs> even though, but you know, f- those people, anyway. Even you're though you're need been, that bleep button again, sorry, continue writing Winds of Winter for how long in years, your- yes. <laughs> I said nine million, but yeah, just take off the yeah. million and nine. Yeah. And, and technically, if you I mean, considering his writing process, it might maybe technically longer than that. You know, it's just remember this is what's published, not sure yeah. what's written. But um, yeah, I like I said, I kind of like has to be in the discussion, maybe even for best show ever, just as far as like Pantheon of Greatness goes. You know, it, it took T V where TV had never been. Yes. And uh, you know if you'd asked me two years ago might have would have said we're, maybe TV will never go but as I brought up earlier with a lot of what we got it's like the bar has been raised you know mm-hmm. you're getting a lot of epic fantasy and just high production value you you shows now it's like it, yeah, yeah you're, you're not getting like Hercules and Xena anymore like no 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 <laughs> you're getting like super yeah. budget real actors real production values real talent you know,
0: like typically you know, taken very seriously, usually has a hard yes. PG thirteen R rating. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I suspect you'll get like in the case as you mentioned with the Witcher, that I would suspect R I don't really know yeah. enough about the wheel of time to know what we're gonna get there, but I'm assuming if there are punches that don't need to be pulled, they won't pull. Lord of the Rings, that by itself is a little more by nature kind of PG thirteen. So
0: the uh the wheel of time is um, on what what station is that on?
1: Uh, station, nice. Earth station. <laughs> what network? Grandpa, Grandpa's <laughs> over here. Um, what station is that on? What station's that? On? we gonna, the, list, we gonna listen. We're gonna listen to your podcast after we get home from the from the Golden Corral there. No. Okay, I'm um, sorry. What network is that on? Mm-hmm. Podcart. Um, uh, it's uh, my brain is not functioning anymore because you're so old. You gave me Alzheimer's. My God. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, it is going to be on Amazon. Matter of it, fact, yeah, yeah a, a great many of the things they've been kicking around are going to be on Amazon. There was like a Conan series they were talking about doing. That was going to be on Amazon, and it was no. going to involve Miguel Spachnik. Apparently that one fell by the wayside, and I have to say I'm terribly disappointed by that because I, I might would have given up a foot for that. I'm just saying. I'm a <laughs> yeah, huge yeah. Conan fan, and it's like, oh, what? You mean the awesome director from this was going to, oh, cool, yeah, I'll I'm in. Sorry, well, we also ahead. have to say, I mean, Amazon mm-hmm. Studios also gave us the remake of uh, Suspiria. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Minor plug for those of you not watching. If you have Amazon Prime, go watch Suspiria. It's freaking awesome. Just put the kids to bed first. Or if you want to <laughs> send them to many years of therapy, this is a good way to start it. Anyway, yeah. Um, Let's... um.
0: I kind of, you know, also, talking about how it's going to be remembered. I think the, um, the, the Emmys is
1: kind of. Yeah, weird. I was going to say that was another thing we should definitely bring up. Speaking of recent news, yeah, thirty-two Emmy nominations, yeah, breaking the record. So suck it, Reddit. <laughs> um, Thanks, also yes. suck it, Twitter. Also suck it, petition signers. All but, of them. all of you can suck it. The best part is
0: what you, you know, you had looked up a little more information about it before mm. we started recording. And there's some very specific episodes that are uh, nominated.
1: Yes. Yes, there are. And uh, I may or may not be opening a page right now to remember exactly which ones. But um, some of the, some most of the hated ones, ones from eight, according so, to Reddit, quote, quote hate. Yeah. Um, let's see. I kind of enjoyed a bit of this just kind of on general principle because just for all this okay, directing for drama series <clears throat> actually ironically, Game of Thrones has three nominations in directing for drama series <laughs> like it's four like three other shows and three for Game of Thrones. You have uh, Game of Thrones, the Last of the Starks by uh, directed by David Nutter. Um, I'm trying to remember the last of the Starks, if I recall, wasn't that the in between like the buffer episode between the long night and the bells, like the I one where the dragon pretty bites pretty it and sure. Um, let's
0: look it up. Just the hell. of that's, it. I just, and... yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. I think it's, yeah, it was between the long night and the bells, uh, John okay. and Daenerys leak to the South. In the wake of a costly victory, Tyrion proposes a compromise which could help to ease tensions.
1: So, again, one of the most hated episodes according to Reddit, Twitter, and a bunch of psychopaths. That's one. The (laughs) other one, uh, The Long Night, which was and I'll still, I'll never get this. I'll die not getting this. One of the ones that was a breaking point for a lot of people. Like, what? No. That's insane. uh, Yeah. But for Miguel Sapochnik, and my personal favorite of these... Directing for a drama series, Game of Thrones, The Iron Throne, the final episode <laughs> by David yeah. Benioff and D.B. Weiss. Suck it, Reddit. <laughs> uh, now, let's scroll down and see what else we have here. Maybe we've got some, uh, let's see, Hmm. writing, writing for a drama series. Let's see what's nominated, shall we? Game of Thrones, The Iron Throne, the final episode, yeah. David Benioff and D.B. Weiss. Again, suck it, Reddit. <laughs> I think that sums it up, like suck it. Right? <laughs> yeah, um,
0: yeah, I'm so happy. And I will say
1: there's also, like just as far as acting goes, uh, Kid Harrington's nominated for lead actor, Amelia Clark nominated for lead actress, and you know several other, you know several other very deserving actors who a lot of times haven't been nominated, but you know made their way yeah. on there. So you know, good for all of them. Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head and there are a couple that stood out to me <laughs> if you can if you, if I'm forgetting anybody uh, or if you're thinking of somebody go ahead and kick them out uh, but
0: I mean uh, Alfie Allen I, I think he I think he deserves it I don't know if he necessarily deserved yeah. it for this season but he definitely deserves it for
1: overall just as far as the show goes the show. absolutely yeah. yes. oh, yeah. he was uh, Gwendolyn Christie for uh, you she know who played was, Brianna yeah. Tarth another very good one Lena Hetty, I think, has been nominated before, but again, absolutely deserving. And uh, let's see, they got Sophie Turner and Maisie Williams. Matter of fact, there's only two other people nominated in supporting actress for drama series that are not from Game of Thrones. So it's kind of funny. <laughs> um, uh, if I maybe I shouldn't show, show favoritism here, I'm going to anyway. I sincerely hope that this one here wins. That would be Maisie Williams. I. Yeah. Have thought since probably season two that she's one of the stronger actors on the show and that needs to be recognized um yep. as far as supporting actors go again you mentioned uh alfie allen uh the aforementioned um man who for whatever reason must suffer the wrath of the fans with no social skills Nikolaj Koster, waldow and of course peter dinklage who i think has won practically every time he's been nominated i really kind of hope it goes to jamie i don't know that it will i mean Al- Althea allen would be there are no bad choices but that's just my personal opinion um moving down here we have uh, let's see i'm trying to find where she is guest actress in a drama series and that's where we find a favorite of our host here say that name for me Brent <clears it. throat> hold on <clears throat> Melisandre that's not her name <laughs> Bill Wheat <laughs> it's her name to me her name is Carice Van Houten. <laughs> yeah <Hillbilly>. anyway <laughs> who plays Melisandra on Game of Thrones yes so there's that uh let's see if there's anyone else Huh, that I can see. Anyway, uh, blah blah blah. Moving right along. Um, but yeah, so like I said, you had a handful of you know, you have the people that are pretty much nominated every time the show aired. Like Danklage, yeah, he pretty much always got so, like nominated for something. I think Lena Headey got nominated quite a bit. But it was interesting to see, you know, a lot of characters or a lot of well, a lot of characters, a lot of the actors you know who haven't been formerly you know get their just desserts. Yeah, no,
0: absolutely. I mean, I, I think it's very yeah. deserving, and I hope it's definitely recognized. I mean, it should be. I mean, for the work and the time, and you mm-hmm. know, the heart that the actors and actresses put into it, it it deserves recognition for sure. And and I am I'm, I'm so glad that this happened. Kind of like you are, because once again,
1: it's just a nice it. big middle finger it, to like all you. <laughs> Little wussies that just threw the fit and you know, screen bloody murder and blah blah blah. It's like, eh, well, there you go. Well, let's uh, also, they're doing Star Wars. I hope you all hate that too. And, man,
0: I think I think we've reached a point. I think uh, after four episodes, this is going to come out to about seven or eight hours. We've done <laughs> what Martin couldn't do, yeah. We finished We're it. We're
1: finishing it.
0: We have finished our trip, got the mics to. Game of Thrones and I think we need to just kind of give our closing thoughts here and um, we'll let you guys go so I'll, I'll let you go ahead Michael um, to sum it up I mean what what would you like to finally say about the show I mean
1: yeah, I kind of feel like I've said enough all things considered um, <laughs> there's not really there's not much I'll say it's one of my favorite shows uh, like I said it will it, it continues to be one of my favorite shows I suspect you know, if you ask me towards the end of my life, hey, what was one of your favorite shows? It's still going to be very high on that list. Yeah. And, um, you know, maybe a nitpick here or two over the years. Sounds snakes, But really, you know, it got a lot more right than it did wrong. And like you said, just kind of the overall, I mean, a lot of what you said basically covered kind of how I felt. You know, just like I haven't, you know, it's been a long time since I had as much, fun and was as invested in a tv show as this well that's maybe not even ever really like to this degree and don't get wrong it's not that i don't get invested it's just that this was like this went the extra mile
0: anyway sorry continue well that's that's the thing i mean i mean the hours upon hours and hours of us discussing the show just you and i much less you know and everybody else i
1: mean right um yeah i got the definition of like a water cooler show like you no, you didn't miss an episode. And if you did, you stayed away. Like, yeah, you know. that's going to be missed for me
0: for sure. Um, but I am, I, you know, I got to say, I am looking forward to the spinoff. I mean, it's well underway. They're filming it. And um, what, what, I mean, what are your thoughts on that as far as, you know, what you've heard and hmm. kind of your excitement towards it? Well,
1: um, not a lot's been released, I guess, but the very, I mean, I can just kind of give kind of like the brief bit that I do know Um, I know it takes place uh, if I recall like before the time of the Valyrian Freehold so and it basically just focuses on Westeros so you will not have the dragons and whatnot. and supposedly builds to something to do with the I guess how perhaps the White Walkers you know the true story of like what brought them about like we saw you know in the show kind of what did it But we don't know the whole story around that. We just know, you know, that the children of the forest felt the need to do it. We don't really know specifically why, other than the usual mankind has kind of a dickish nature about it. So, yeah. that. (laughs) But, uh, you know, that's apparently what's going to be exploring. Uh, Biggest name in the cast so far is uh, Naomi Watts, which is a pretty huge get for a TV show. Like, kind, of, kind of surprised I thought it was
0: a bit random but I mean I'm looking forward to her in it for sure
1: yeah I and you know no idea what she'll be playing of course but you know just it was but you know again one of those and I mean HBO has made quite the habit of that over the last several years like probably starting with like True Detective season one and yeah. I mean yeah you've had guest spots but rarely where it was like oh no big Hollywood actor who makes movies is doing yeah. a TV show and kind like, of um, they got Amy, Naomi
0: Watts. Like, Amy Adams did it recently with um yeah, sharp objects. But, and, but I uh, mean,
1: even that—you know—that was a limited series. True yeah. Detective was anthological. Uh, I guess Big Little Lies is kind of doing a version of that now. I don't watch the show because yeah. I, I don't really know anything about it. But you know, it has—I think Reese Witherspoon, uh, Nicole Kidman, and I'm—I think Meryl Streep might be in it now, and there may be a third person. that I'm not thinking, but you get my point. But I think even that's like more of a limited type. You know, or like a small amount of episodes here and there. But this is a case where it's like, no, no, a list Hollywood actor is in the show. Now, of course, being Game of Thrones, maybe she'll die five episodes in. Who's to say? (laughs) But for right now, that's what they have. And that's a pretty big get Um, as to whether or not I'm looking forward to it. (sighs) It's not that I'm not looking forward to it. It's then I know enough about Westerosi history that there are literally 10 to 20 other things I can think of that I would rather see than this particular telling or this particular story. But yes, I'm looking forward to it. It's just, yeah, I would have been down for the doom of Valyria. I would have been down for, uh, maybe even, uh, Robert's Rebellion. I know, at least in book form, you don't really need to bother with it, because it's already been covered. Uh, but, you know, I would have been down for maybe even... Maybe in something more anthological. You know, like, they get together and they do six or seven or eight episodes on, like, bits and pieces of Westerosi history. The Dance of Dragons, which I mentioned, I think, way back in the first episode. I would have I been good for that. You know, the story of the Targaryen Civil War.
0: Like... Well, the, the thing is,
1: I mean... I, th-
0: I mean, kind of or- going back, going go, going back to the the spinoff that is um, mm. confirmed. I think HBO knows what they have on their hands, and the fact that they have the pressure behind yeah. them to not screw it up. But the thing is, I mean, the last I heard, there were at least two other ones that are being developed or at least talked about. So right. we don't know anything about those. So maybe you know it covers one of the topics you just mentioned.
1: I know there were a couple that were like discarded that um, had like the subject of those came up but i think the ones that are like still in development not much has been said um yeah and i will say one of the one of the ones that was discarded it's kind of interesting because it was sort of like one of the periods i was just talking about it was sort of adjacent to but it was like i didn't like the story like at all and i was like okay i'm glad they didn't go with this yeah but that's another story for never because it's our last episode on this um <laughs> that said and i mean don't get me wrong to clarify it's not that i'm not looking forward to it it's just that you know like if i was an exec somewhere and said okay pick one it's like uh this might this would have probably been on the list but it would have been the first thing i went for like yeah. i would have stuck more with the dragons and like you know stories of the valyrians and the targaryens maybe even just like some of the stuff that you don't even really get to in the story you know like the shadow lands of a shy you know hey i've got one that brent will probably like maybe a melisandra origin story Ooh, i like it and i'd watch it and i'd cancel it <laughs> to make you mad
0: anyway sorry. well the kind but, of some uh, you know my, my closing thoughts i guess um i've already pretty much said everything to say about the show just a few minutes yeah. ago when i i love it um one of the greatest ever we it, it's easily a, just just an amazing uh journey as a viewer to follow it um and I have thoroughly enjoyed our conversations about it I'll miss that which we'll still talk about it I'm sure but Hopefully, I mean yeah you know, we
1: don't have to just drop off like yeah oh, well, moving was, on.
0: It was always fun, you know, as yeah. new episodes came out and stuff like that. But um Which
1: actually that is another thing we have to look forward to with spin-off. We can do that again, yeah, hopefully. Yeah, exactly. So but you know, yeah.
0: here's the thing. We loved it enough that we created four episodes <laughs> of a podcast about it. And um after I thoroughly really enjoyed this podcast. Thank you for uh, you know, being a guest on it and doing this with me. I think it's worked out very well.
1: Hey, no problem. And and like uh, certain people, we finished what we started. Look at that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Anyways,
1: it's like a George <laughs> <laughs> it's just rude. You know I mean.
0: But <laughs> all right, guys. We will uh we'll wrap it up here. And uh thanks for following along. If everybody's you know, especially listened to all four episodes, we appreciate it. Um you can catch, you know, me and my co-host Eric um, every other Friday on the Friday Five podcast. We hope you check that out and uh we're definitely gonna have Michael back for uh some more episodes.
1: Mumble something about horror themed episodes. My mild teaser there. Yeah. All right, guys.
0: Well thanks for listening and uh thanks for having me
1: yeah thanks for
0: being here and um we love you Melisandre. no we don't <laughs> bye